Hey folks, this is Victor Vanico Johnson with Nico Don Projects. And if you have real life situations you want help with, you should listen to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole, my good friend, Nicole Goodman. You're listening to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole, sponsored by R. Clemens Insurance. Nicole is the author of Get Your Own Damn Fish, available on Amazon, and founder of followblackdollars.org, the social networking site for black people. Stay connected by texting FBD to 63975. Hello, world. How are you? Welcome back to Real Talk with Nicole. Um, you know my worldview. You know, I believe that being transparent about life's issues and, and struggles and sharing your solutions and resources is the only way to come together as a community, as a country. So today we are here with Victor Vanico Johnson, founder of NicoDimeProjects.com. He is a certified credit consultant. A serial entrepreneur, that's one of my favorite titles, a real estate investor and published author of Pathway to Wealth and Happiness. He has uh, multiple five-star reviews and ratings with reviews like life-changing and incredible and couldn't put it down, which I agree because I was up half the night and had to force myself to go to bed and put it down because I just I could not take any more input on last night but before we get into that um, you know if if you're dealing with credit situations if you're interested in uh, learning how to real estate if you uh, deal with real estate investing if you've done it before and you would just like to kind of streamline the process like it outlines in his book then you need to be listening to uh, our show today stick around call some folks some of your other friends that's been talking about investing like this. We, we've been waiting to hear this. So without further ado, Victor, welcome to the show. Hello, 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 world. Thank you so much, Nicole, for what a wonderful introduction that was. I really appreciate it. And I'm so happy to be here today. I am so honored to have you on my show. I, um, I did a search for some... Uh, you know, investors and and financial professionals on LinkedIn, and you popped up. Um, I, I read through your profile. I'm like, hey, you know, this guy is is pretty good. I'm gonna reach out to him. And you hit me back pretty quick. I was, and, you know, and I was I was flat. I was like, great. And I, I watched the video with you and your lovely wife, so I kind of get to know you a little bit. And then I started digging around <laughs> some more <laughs> after you accepted. Well, holy crap. <laughs> This is Victor Johnson of Nico Dime Projects. Absolutely <laughs> awesome. You know, just hearing your story going from where to here is just phenomenal. So that's what we're going to get more into that. We're going to talk about credit repair and this, that, and the other. You can, you know, give a few tips. But if they really want to learn, they're going to have to come to NicoDimeProject.com. That's right. Today <laughs> we're going to find out 
your uh, struggles and how you got from where you are, from where you were to where you are. So where are you from, Victor? <laughs> Originally from the Bay Area. So I was born and raised in San Francisco, California, uh, pretty much lived all around the Bay Area. So Oakland, Richmond area, uh, El Cerrito, for those that are familiar with that, that side of the world. And I lived there until I was 16 years old mm -hmm. and ultimately moved from I was with my mom and my grandmother. And then I moved to Atlanta to be with my dad and his family. And I was, I was 16 at that time. Hmm. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've had a 16 year old son before, so I can kind of, <laughs> I can almost visualize that dynamic. Like you're going to live with your daddy. <laughs> you can only imagine the conversation. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. I might've been a fly on that ball. <laughs> you know, as I look back, obviously that was the right thing. Um, just to add a little color to that story is like, so again, I grew up with my mom, my dad had a family and stuff already. Mm -hmm. So we were in touch, you know, I don't want to put him out there like he wasn't involved. Uh, he just had another family. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, um, at 16, I was already involved with, you know, some positive things, boys clubs and whatnot. And then I had a cousin who got killed, who got mm -hmm. shot in his head and it changed my perspective on things. So I was like, man, this dude's like the nicest guy. How did this happen? And of course, it started changing the way I saw the world and, oh, we ought to get back at them guys type of thing. And my mom was like, oh, nope, it's time for you to head on out. It's time to get you up out of here. So uh, kudos to her. Uncle in Bel Air. <laughs> you already know. So if I was leaving California, going, right. that, going that way. So, yes. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so in, in all of that transition, you know, is that where you got your philosophies about money and you know how you learned about money did they even teach you about money at that time so absolutely not that's not where i got it from um so i will give credit to my mom her her philosophy in life and this is you know early 90s 1990 1991 or whatever mm -hmm. but her philosophy was spend cash that way you don't owe anybody you know you own it outright you don't have to worry about somebody taking it so and she made good cash in her life and always had enough money to do what she needed to do, uh, mm -hmm. at least, you know, for the perspective that she wanted in her life and whatnot. And then um, as I got to Atlanta with my father, you know, definitely a more structured household because my mom's entrepreneurial and, you know, things like that. And my dad, postal system, you know, he's a, a bus driver for a lot of years and saving and things like that. So I learned from my dad about saving, you know. He, I, one thing that just always resonates that he says, like, put something away for that rainy day. You know, the sun ain't going to shine every day, man. So make sure you got something when it's, you know, when it's raining on you. So those were the money tips that I got. And, I, and I'll add my grandmother in there, too, who, who raised me a good portion of the time that I was with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't really remember money discussions but I observed her and how she moved and how she was always very structured with paying her bills at the kitchen table and, mm -hmm. you know, writing them checks out back in the eighties and whatnot, you know? And so I was always aware that it's important to take care of your responsibilities. Um, somehow I didn't really connect all three of those different philosophies in my life until I got older. So, but that answers your question. I, I, I got some tips on the money from them for sure. Absolutely. And see, yeah, like, um, I didn't have a father uh, in the household, but period. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and my mom, you know, while she had, you know, her way of teaching was 
she would write her bills down and how much, and she would give us the money and separate everything and say, here, go on up to the grocery store, pay these bills for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and then it was everything was after that. So your lights and your gas, you know, your bills and your rent and everything is paid. And then go from there. Um, but, you know, her, we never talked about savings either. Her uh, only real financial advice was never put yourself in a position to depend on somebody else's half of the rent. Mm, there you go. There and you that go. was that. And so, look, that's that's where we should begin this whole journey to improve ourselves because we have to normalize talking about money with our kids. Mm -hmm. um, I tried a little bit as I as my kids were getting in their 12, 13-year-old age, showing them bills and, look, guys, you got to turn your lights off. Look how much the bill is this mm -hmm. month. And I even incentivize them like hey next month if we save 50 bucks i'm gonna give y'all half of that you know i'd rather give you 25 dollars than to get that to the utility company right. but we don't drive them money. <laughs> exactly you know what i mean but we don't talk about money and so therefore when you get of age and you start making money you kind of are winging it or you know you just try to figure it out as you go and mm -hmm. so i would encourage listeners um especially if you're struggling financially have the conversation now with your kids so that they don't replicate or repeat that same pattern. I agree. I agree. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I did an interview with a gentleman that is an insurance professional. Um, and his advice was that the wealthy teach their kids to once they're old enough to pay their own bills to take out an insurance policy on their parents because it is a guaranteed investment it is going to pay out nobody makes it out alive you're going to cash in you know it just depends yep. on how long see that's what i'm talking about right there those right. kind of conversations and i've got a buddy of mine that doesn't look quite like us and his kids in the house at five six and eight years old they have their own little businesses and the way he did it was Tuesday is Tim day and whatever you got to sell Tim, you sell it to the family and promote it and all he's teaching them oh, wow. and enterprising at these early ages. And then Wednesday is Wednesday, windy day or whatever she's selling. Right. And so like, it's these things that got them thinking about enterprising before they were even, you know, in high school. And so that's, yeah, we've got to begin talking to them earlier. They understand it. If mm -hmm. they can do, uh, if they can play Fortnite and all these other games, they can certainly get their money game up. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, and when I, I was born in 71, okay? And at that time, we still had the Fuller Brush product, man. And he would show up once a month or so with his briefcase full of lotions and potions and snake oils. And <laughs> my mama would dive right in. And I remember uh, this, this gentleman's name was Alan. I will never forget him. I was about five. And uh, my family was from Arkansas. So every summer or so, we would go down to Arkansas. You know, the rocks are different. They're sandstones, and they yeah. make pretty rocks. So I would play with the rocks. You know, I'm five, six years old. And bring them home back to Cleveland. Um, you know, it was, it was always a car pool trail down there, five or six cars going down to see oh, yeah. the dead. Okay. And uh, Alan was by our house one day, and I was in the floor playing with my rocks. And he says, oh, that's a pretty rock. You should sell it to me as a lucky rock. And he gave me 15 cents. 
And the following week, <laughs> the following week, Alan came back. He never did this. He always only showed up once a month. Came back mm-hmm. the following week. He said he played the number after he left my house. He hit for $10,000, and he was leaving. <laughs> and he, he gave my mom a few bucks. He gave me a dollar, and we never saw Alan again. But what? I was absolutely bit by the entrepreneurial bug. I started selling. I was selling ICs, you know, uh, the candy bars, sunshine greeting cards. I was absolutely bit by the bug. But, Mm. you know, like you, I didn't put, I wasn't taught to put all of those together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's impressive. Even though I stopped to have a job, you know, I had to have a job and I had to, you know, raise a family. But Mm -hmm. I've been retired now since 2010. Wow. I am. The reason why, that's why I love your title, Serial Entrepreneur, because the title, one of my titles is Serial Networker. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I mean, and so people have asked, what do you, I mean, some people ask, believe it or not, what is a serial entrepreneur? What do you mean? Well, if you think about it, what's a serial murderer, that means it's somebody who repeatedly does that same thing, right? And so I repeatedly start, you know, repetitively start businesses. And, um, they're in in alignment with each other. It's not mm-hmm. like um you know start opening mop stores over here and then I start a car wash or something crazy. I, I'm you know I do credit and then I realize that people need some. Uh, well, I do real estate investing mm-hmm. and I realize they need credit to acquire these properties, especially for the long term play on it. And so that supports that business. So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm doing all these crazy things, but yeah, serial entrepreneurism. I believe in multiple streams of income and creating that that lifestyle that allows you to do what you want to do and not have to worry about the money. Absolutely. Okay. So creating avenues of income. And I've got more questions I want to get to, but we're going to put a pin in that right there. Yes. yes. Um, when we talk about uh, financial freedom. And I said, some people say debt freedom, and I don't want, I don't even want to include debt in it because, you know, what we, what we speak about, we bring about, and it's, it's not debt. Yep. I'm going to be financially free. Mm-hmm. Um, what, de- brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> and um, putting a pin in that, uh, explain that. Like, that passive, what is a passive flow of income? Mm -hmm. So passive, meaning that you don't physically have to trade hours to earn earn that money. Um, You have created businesses or uh, stocks, investments. Your invested dollars are now paying you back enough to cover your living expenses. Now, that's financial freedom. There's another level to this of financial independence where you no longer care about money because it's coming in so frequently and in such abundance that you're in you're just living in surplus you're living beyond your needs and that's where life really gets exciting because now you become you get an opportunity to be significant to the world you can give some of your surplus to help other people to grow and whatnot but financial freedom is when your investment earnings have surpassed the amount of money you need to just live and live the life that you want. You've covered that expense. And, you know, I'm not saying going to caveman mode of living. I'm saying right. the life that you live now and you work in all these hours, you're now creating a investments that the, those investments are paying or replacing the, the income that you, you make from working. And then financial independence is that next level where 
it's just coming in so abundantly that you never even worry about anything financially anymore. That's right. That's awesome. And you know, um, it, the, the couple of statements you made brings me to brings to mind cash flow. Are you familiar with that game? Absolutely. Oh, I can't wait till we actually get to meet in person and play this game. <laughs> uh, my husband and I used to love it, but we can never really find another uh, two or three people that was willing to like uh, really pay attention to it. But also, you had an example of rich dad, poor dad. You had rich mom, poor dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was I, actually, the, I would flip it. My dad was the more financially stable. Well, I mean, I understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I understand, like, but he had a job and was, yeah, yeah oh, and you. she was the entrepreneur minded, like, I'm going to make this work and make it passive. So yes. she had the right mindset, maybe just not the right skill set, but she, she was on it. Right. So, she was. Yes. That is yes. awesome. Yes. No, you spit, you said that exactly correctly. She, and she never, she never struggled financially. That's not it. It was, um, she just had a simpler life, didn't require all of those extra things and driving Cadillacs and all these type of things. But we had a very fun, uh, you know, for me, a childhood and, you know, till I moved to uh, Atlanta and then we're still, all of us are very close, obviously, but yes. All right. mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So um, in your book, uh, you also talk about, the, and you mentioned here about the things that, um, we consider assets when we're that age before we understand money and cars and clothes and blah 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 uh spending money and time with our kids mm -hmm. not talking about savings <laughs> not even thinking about savings or investing for your future or theirs so um talk about that a little bit more what what is the difference in mindset i suppose you know, yeah so again the hood rich and the wealthy mindset <laughs> i like that that hood rich so when you come from nothing and, you know, you haven't really learned about how money works, let's mm -hmm. just say it that way, because money does have a, a process that mm -hmm. uh, you have to follow to make it work for you. But uh, when you have very little to start with and you haven't really been introduced to money, when it comes your way, mm -hmm. you now have the only thing you kind of lean on is what images have been put out there in the world on tv magazines on the radio what success looks like mm -hmm. well drive this jaguar live in this you know uh 18 bedroom house and that's how you tell people that you've made it and what many people don't think about until they're in that situation is many times you don't even own that stuff you know these houses are beautiful but what's your mortgage payment every month and how many more years are you paying on that before you actually own it outright mm -hmm. and not to mention the interest that you pay on that and the cars there's very few cars out there that actually continue to increase in value over the years you know obviously there are classics and whatnot but most cars lose the value when you purchase them the moment Whatever. you pull off the lot the moment you pull off the lot but that interest it keeps going and so the difference, the mentality shift is to understand how money works. And so mm -hmm. I'll put it in one simple context. Obviously, it's deeper, but mm -hmm. let's just use the word interest. The hood rich uh, mentality, you're going to pay interest because you want to get that thing as quickly as you can. So that means you finance it. So you're mm -hmm. paying interest. You're paying extra to have that. Whereas the wealth mindset says, well, I'm going to save until I can buy it outright or until I can get it where 
the value supersedes what the note is or what the mm-hmm. debt is on that. And so that becomes a different mentality where you're earning interest, where mm-hmm. if you own something and you invest, you know, like when you put money in savings or in investment properties, you're earning the interest that is uh, accumulated on those properties. So it's a shift mm-hmm. and interest is there always. It's whether or not you're going to pay it or you're going to earn it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I absolutely like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and that was one lesson that I learned real early before it had a chance to really stick me was about vehicles losing that value. And I was told before I went and bought my first car off of a uh lot first new car i was in 96 i bought a 95 ford escort and um, so by buying it just after the year turned Mm -hmm. and it had been showed around so it had less than 100 miles on it but it wasn't spanking it wasn't zero i want zero i want to put the first mile on it (laughs) dude okay so i i think i saved like eight ten thousand dollars off the note off the bat mm-hmm. you know instead of mm-hmm. having to have a the the following year's car in september before the year roll in <laughs> <laughs> versus and you know what and in six months ain't nobody gonna even know it's just gonna be a story you could just exactly. not say you did tell people i added off the lot with no mouth they won't know but you exactly. say that money absolutely yeah. and that's a great great guidance on that nicole because that well nowadays they call that a certified pre-owned where you give right. it you know a few months after it's come off the line and it's all that that new shine is kind of uh, at least from the sales perspective have come off of it now it's the next next level has come out so that certified pre-owned you save thousands of dollars the miles are still super low and that word certified means that it's gone through a very particular inspection to ensure that it's still a high quality vehicle. So uh-huh. if you must finance, I would probably look into certified pre-owned vehicles as opposed to just walking on a lot or even worse, walking on a buy here, pay here lot on <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah, there I got history can. on that, too. I could tell you about. But anyway, <sighs> yeah, I mean, you it's a, like I've I've watched uh, information videos on. Uh, some other stuff that you did and reading the book, you pretty much got experience in every financial downfall and oh crap, mm-hmm. there is from bankruptcies and uh, repossessions and yep. some of everything. So for those of you listening who saying, well, I went through this. What about that? Him too. Yes, yeah. he'd been through that too. And um, likewise, mm-hmm. you know, I've been through a lot of that as well. Um, you mentioned buying these houses and it looks pretty and blah, blah, blah. How much is your note? Um, a lot of people think buying a house is an asset and, uh, there's a, there's a caveat to that. And I'm sure that you would be able to expound on that better. But my, my synopsis is if you take money out your pocket every month, it's a liability. It's not an asset. Hmm, interesting. That is a one way to look at it for sure. Um, and that's probably the best way to look at most situations. Uh-huh. The reason that I would probably say slightly different on property is because it's something that has historically continued to appreciate or grow in value. So as long as you are not buying, you know, a teardown house at a retail value that's backwards, right? Right. Um, and 
you are probably going to see for at least your invested money uh, in the value of the of the property itself. Right. Uh, in 2020, 2021, we've seen some incredibly historical growth and appreciation on properties, meaning that um, if you went from 2018 to 2019, a particular house might have went up seven, eight percent. Mm-hmm. in value. So if it's a $100,000 house in 2018, it's worth $108,000 the next year at the same time. Well, from 2019 to 2020, or even better, if you look at January 2020 to January 2021, using that same type of example, property values went up somewhere between 11 and 12%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that four or 5% difference may not seem uh, like much, but when you're talking about a $300,000 house, that's a lot. That's a pretty nice jump. I mean, you Mm -hmm. just picked up a nice 15 grand out of nowhere just by continuing to keep the property up. So yes, you paid into it every month, but it's one of the few items you can purchase. It's probably the only item you can purchase where the bank will give you most of the money to buy mm-hmm. it. If you know you got your credit together, you you know got your income tight, they'll give you the money. Pen, pen, right there. Pen, right there. Pen, right there. But even though they're giving you that money, um, what you give back to them, um, you pay them back what they what you owe them and in some interest. But what you've earned is is way more than what you owe back to that that right. bank. But and that is why it's so important to have your credit together so that you can qualify for an interest rate that makes sense against the inflation. Because if your credit is screwed up and you wind up with, say, just for numbers, a 15 percent interest rate, which how you get that on a house is crazy. But Mm -hmm. okay, but there that's that's how we wind up in the stock market crash and in from 08 to 11. And I wound up, I was a real estate agent at the time. Mm. Bad time to go fishing in that pond. Ooh. I was a guppy in a shark pond. It lasted two years. Whew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I, I, I made all the money back that I spent in K-Board fees and all this other stuff. Yeah. But that following year, I was like, you know, you know what? I, I, was, I was a guppy in a shark pond. Um, but mm-hmm. um, being uh, in a better credit position to qualify for a good loan, like I said, let's just say if it's if you wind up with a beautiful house, yeah, but you got stuck with this indemnity rate, okay, mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, tw- let's just say 10% because 15% is just astronomically stupid for a house. Right. Um, but your interest rate uh, or the property values are only going up over that 3 or 4 or 5% that you mentioned, you're still losing money. So it is important important and imperative yeah. to have these things aligned and you know seek out people like yourself um, who has so much uh, free information you know even before you even want to go mm-hmm. into even right. buying the book I went ahead and bought the book because I was I got the you have a free ebook on there yeah. it got to page 11 I was like no <laughs> Suck it awesome. deluxe. I'm oh going in. God. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. After I spiraled down the click funnel, I said, I gotta <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I gotta. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what mm-hmm. kept me up half the night. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So what um I what I didn't get into thoroughly was what prompted your mindset change when you was like, you know what? 
I can't do it anymore. There's got to be a better way. I'm going yeah. in. What, what prompted that? So I may, I need like four or five minutes right here. Go it, for it. Really, really important that people get this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and first of all, there were several events. Um, you know, you've already tapped into the book, so you know I was struggling financially. I've had cars repossessed. And by the way, with all of these financial struggles, I was still making 70, 80 grand a year. It wasn't like I was broke. I was making good money. I was mismanaging my money. So let's dig into mindset. So this one particular uh, summer, okay. I believe it was summer of 2010, um, we were living in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we would take these summer vacations. I'd take the kids either to South Carolina or we'd head south to Florida. And that was our little thing. We'd take mm -hmm. these road trips, hang out on the beach for, you know, four or five days and just enjoy family time. Awesome. This particular summer, uh, 2010, um, I don't really remember what happened, but I, maybe I didn't get a bonus like I was expecting. Something fell shorter than normal. Mm -hmm. And so, again, trying to be a good dad and keep my word that we're going to do a summer trip. Not I, sharing those financial issues. Not sharing children. those financial struggles with the kids and letting them know, hey, we got to kind of dumb it down a little bit this summer. Mm -hmm. Still wanted to do it. And so my credit was so bad. I had no credit cards <laughs> so I had to get paid uh, on Friday before I could really book anything. So I'm talking about a rent a car. Mm -hmm. Get paid direct deposit Friday morning. We shooting to the airport to get the rent a car. Uh, we driving all the way down to Florida. 13 hours to Orlando and I'm trying to, again, it's Friday now. It's Friday afternoon by the time we on the road or late morning. So I'm trying to get down there and get him as much as possible for this two, maybe three days that we're going to be down here. So I'm speeding. What happens? Get a ticket, $250 ticket. Cause I'm going way over <laughs> the speed limit with my kids in the car, by the way. And your mind so, is already focused on Yes, and I'm already frustrated. So again, this is this is all this, the the feelings that I was going down there, stayed in the probably the crappiest hotel. And again, I don't even know if they really felt it the way that I did, but because they still had a good time. You know, my wife was really good about making sure people felt good in our presence. And so mm -hmm. we spent that little bit of time there. We scraped up whatever food we could, and then right back up the road, and. I said, man, I'm looking at the kids in the rearview mirror, looking at them all asleep, my wife next to me sleep, and I almost just started crying. Like, mm. I can't believe that this is Sunday night. We've spent 18 hours, I don't know, 27 it's hours. It's so crazy because I can feel, I, I can visualize and feel you, you know. Oh, my God. And I'm right just now. driving. It's, it's pitch black. And I'm driving up the road back to Atlanta, and I'm just like, man, you got to do better than this. This is not what's up. Um, these kids. Now, mind you, listeners, eighty thousand dollars a year, and this is this is what you're dealing with. Yeah, eighty grand a year, living in an apartment. You know, really wasn't overextending my life. I just wasn't managing that money. And mm -hmm. so, the, what I decided to do, we get home. Everybody pretty much goes in, showers, and they go to sleep. And mm -hmm. I stayed up and put out a notepad, and I said, "Okay, I got a game plan. This thing." What are all of the things that are preventing me from living the life that I want to live? Why am I living like this? Let's identify the problems. What's the pain? What's causing this? And I literally just wrote down all my. That helped me. So that was the mindset shift. Um, 
I, my connection apparently just flipped out in the last 15 seconds. Okay. And you, all I heard you say was, I was writing down everything and then. Okay. I'll repeat that. Thank so you. as we were driving back from uh, Orlando to Atlanta, you know, again, 11 hour trip, I see the kids, you know, all that was happening. And when they, we got home, everybody went in, showered, and they went to sleep. Mm -hmm. I pulled out a notepad, started writing down every single debt that I had, every single person I owed, any money that was a liability, as you said earlier. And then on the other piece of paper, I wrote down, well, what's all the money coming in, which you know, it was really only one source of money coming in. <laughs> so uh, because I'm I finance the cars at a horrible credit rate. So my car note is more expensive. I'm paying that late. So now I'm paying an extra seventy five dollars or whatever. On top of that, my rent just mismanaging my money. And I looked good. I was dressing nice. My car looked good. Coming our house. Yeah. Are, are you coming to the house? We got the nice furniture and stuff. But I ain't own hardly none of that. All in you know, your mama name. <laughs> all in my mama name. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stuff that could easily be taken back if I didn't continue making them payments. And so that was the mindset shift. That pain mm. that I went through driving back or driving down and back, mm. really, that weekend, really, it was the, the impetus for change. I mean, there mm. were, I could probably go into seven or eight different scenarios similar to that. But that one was the one that just, it hit me so hard. I was like, Nah, this is not happening anymore. And that was the mindset shift. That's beautiful um, because, you know, like you said, you were driving back, looking at your kids. You are the man of the household. You're the protector. You're the provider. And whatever goes wrong, it's your fault. And whatever goes right, daddy's awesome. So I can imagine, you know, the weight on your shoulders, you know, going through that. And, you know, my situation was kind of different i um i got my first job with the city at 16 mm. so uh, and then it was you know i was a lifeguard so summers and then like two years in i wound up you know with the year-round part-time and then at 24 i went into the police academy and so and then i, I, I retired um just 10 years ago but oh 11 years ago now um I was in a car accident in February of 2001, put my head into a windshield. Mm. Up until that time, I could walk up to the credit union and be like, hey, Carol, I need some money. I want to buy this house. I want to buy this car. My credit rating was well over 700. Everything was paid on time. I was investing four to $600 a month just to get it out of my hands. I had maxed out from day one on deferred comp because mm -hmm. I my my income literally went from eleven thousand dollars in nineteen ninety six to thirty six thousand dollars in nineteen ninety seven. I had no idea what to but I was trying to get it out of my hand. Mm -hmm. Um but here we go five years later when I was in the car wreck and lost my memory. Um and I, I knew who everybody was but my short term memory was I would get to a red light and completely forget where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to do, and would have to pull over and like sit there for a minute, like, why am I at this corner? What is in this name? Oh, the doctor, things like that. Mm. One of the things that I forgot to do was pay my bills. 
Now, at the time, you know, you didn't have a whole lot of auto withdrawal. You know, yeah. one or two things would, but you actually had to do stuff. Then my anxiety and depression set in where um, I, I wasn't able to really read anymore. I used to like devour books. And I had a photographic memory before then, but then I cracked my camera. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so, uh, I still have a photographic memory, but some stuff has a line going through it, like a crack camera. I got you. Yeah. But um, at, at two and a half years after my accident, I did go back to work uh, before I was a first responder and from the black and white, and then I wound up becoming a crime scene investigator. A year and a half later, I was the best crime scene investigator in the unit, but mm. that was because my job has a protocol. And I was so intent on proving I could do my job right because uh, I was I could have retired at 29 after the accident. But mm -hmm. who wants to retire at 29 right, right. Uh, when you're used to being physical and doing? Mm -hmm. um, and so I went to the crime scene unit and I was, I was the best crime scene detective in the city of Cleveland. They pulled me in to clean up when other uh, detectives Mr. Mark or if there was like a commissioner or something like somebody important they wanted to make sure that it was, yeah mm -hmm. called Jennings so nice. um, that was what I did but like I said police work your job is a protocol but when you got when you go home it's all on you mm -hmm. and um, at home was completely different and it, uh, my the the my anxieties to where I were such at a point where if I tried to read a book or a page, the words would move and, and you know what I'm saying? And it would almost sway or I could get down to the bottom and not know a single word I just read, have to read the same page over and over again. Unfortunately, bills are words too. And so it got to, right, it got to the point where for like two or three years, I wouldn't open envelopes. I had a money in the bank. And the envelope, the bill in my hand, and couldn't open the envelope to make the payment. And I, I had a psychologist at the time. It took me years to work through that. And I wound up filing bankruptcy in 2009, right after you. You filed mm. an eight, I filed a mm -hmm. nine. Uh, when I filed in 2009, uh, right after I filed, I was audited by the IRS for two years for over what? eight grand. Oh, and within that same, within like a three-year period, I had the bankruptcy, the audit, and then I received a letter threatening a $26,000 lawsuit from an old business partner. <laughs> I, I, what yeah. is yeah. happening to my life? <laughs> and true. I would go to work and completely forget about it, completely set it aside because I could not, yeah. mentally I couldn't even handle it. You know, I was a psychologist for years and to work through that. You know, and so, and here even still, an additional 10 years later, I'm just now getting to the point. Uh, when I set up my financial freedom program over the last couple of weeks, mm -hmm. I was almost shaking calling the banks and the wow. lawyers to set up. The, the money's there. Yeah, you know, yeah, the money's there. Yeah. But it was that anxiety. So this yeah. was a health issue. So we all have, you know, different issues of why we go through what we go through and why we deal with what we deal with. So that's why I really appreciate you sharing wow, your story. Intense. Yeah, that's deep. I mean, you're right. That's wow. And that's a lot of that was out of your control, even mm -hmm. though, you know, it's your it's your responsibility. But, yep. you know, and I wound up spiraling and spending 
everything. Well, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull all my money. I'm going to defer cop and I'm going to get it right. Or I'm going to pull all my money from this. IRAs, all my money markets, mm-hmm. my deferred comp, all my savings. Uh, I had multiple cars, motorcycles, yeah. several. Ho- yeah, I, I lost all of it yeah. from money mismanagement due to that, you know, head injury. So I'm so actually now rebuilding. Okay. <laughs> What is the biggest lesson you got out of all of that? I mean, again, it wasn't like you were just, you know, getting drunk every night and not paying your bills. Like you had a, a physical situation that caused mm-hmm. it. But what do you what do you take from that? What what can you glean from that whole situation? Um, to ask for help. Uh, you absolutely. It's OK to ask for help. Um, Like I said, I I had a psychologist for a very long time, and I openly admit that, whereas, you know, it's it's taboo in the black community, especially, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, my own sister told me I was stupid for Mm. going to see a psychologist that I should be smart enough to handle my own situations. My response to that is I'm smart enough to know when to ask for help. (laughs) Right. So, um, one thing I learned about psychologists, psychiatrists, whichever, uh, the psychiatrist is the one that prescribes you meds. They ain't really listening. They just want to know which med go help you. The psychologist is the one you sit down and actually talk with. And um, it was through that whole process where I learned to accept the things that I was dealing with. But I also appreciated and looked forward to those meetings because... The psychologist is one person you can tell about your problems that cannot, will not judge you and mm. must take your information to his death <laughs> for lack of him losing everything. I got you right. I got yeah, you. so it's a, it's a relief and a release, and it took, it took a lot of years and obviously still continuing to work through it since I've, I've never, I've not made less than 50 grand in over 20 years but like your book says, most of us have less than a thousand dollars savings, and yeah. and here's this that I'm I am guilty. So I am guilty. It's full transparency. I mean that happens, and you know we go <laughs> through these roller coasters, right? And the, the mm-hmm. key is, what are you gonna do? You know what's what the, now? <laughs> now what, what now? Now what exactly? That's a beautiful segue. <laughs> right. So, um, what are some of the tools that you use to help you <laughs> shift? Your mindset. So, again, I I wrote all that stuff down and I still needed a plan. right? I still Mm -hmm. needed to figure out what was I what am I doing with this information? Like, you know, so uh, there were a few different things that I read. Um, One of the books that I read as a as a 17 year old actually was Think and Grow Rich, a black choice. Nope, I'm talking about. Well, I read that one, too. I'm talking about uh, Think and Grow Rich, a black choice by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. It came out in 1991, and he tells he was actually um, contracted by uh, Napoleon Hill's team at right before Napoleon Hill's death to do a book that chronicled black stories of overcoming. So you read stories in there about how Jesse Owens, you know, slept on rocks as a kid, but still mm. became the you know world record holder in 1930s or whatever in mm-hmm. the Olympics. And stories about Oprah and just all these people that, as mm. a black person, you know, black representation matters. Like to mm-hmm. see 
people come out of that that look like you, that grew up in places like you, and they still uh, achieve, you know, a pinnacle of success. Mm-hmm. It helps you to, to, you know, kind of bring it to your, your life. So that book my dad gave to me at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So again, fast forward now, you know, almost 20 years later, I picked the book up again. Mm-hmm. And now it had a little bit more meaning to me because now I have really struggled. Mm-hmm. And now I can really apply those those stories of other people and mm-hmm. okay, what mindset did they go through? What did they do? So that was one of the books that I did uh, read. Uh, I also read um, Joe Osteen's book, Your Best Life Now. Mm-hmm. And that was really just more to create a positive outlook on life, just to feel mm-hmm. good about who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was reading uh, Steve Harvey's book, you know, act like a success, think like a success or mm-hmm. think like a success, act like a success. And so that book, you know, made it super plain. Mm-hmm. Hey, you we all have a gift. God has gifted us with something. We just got to figure out what it is and then mm-hmm. push that out to the world. So those were the books at that time. And I'm thinking there were probably four or five others, to be honest. With I'm you. sure. I'm a very and it's, fu- it's funny because you you've got a list that you haven't even mentioned names on my list yet. No, so, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, and I'm sure we right. may have read those same right. books. Right. Um, but there was one thing that I did, and I'm gonna be honest with you, uh, that really kind of helped me. It was motivating. Uh, I think it was because of the technology. But I, my wife, introduced me to Pinterest. Mm-hmm. and pinterest.com and y'all if you want to visit my pinterest page nico dime projects i have a pinterest page where i put a lot of good tips and stuff out there credit mm-hmm. real estate but pinterest will allow you to insert things you want to search about topics you want to learn more about if you want to learn how to make a, a, a kick butt casserole type that in and they're going to give you eighty thousand recipes on how to make this casserole so at that time i started looking at that for um, how to improve my credit, how to, you know, increase my income. And on Pinterest? On Pinterest, believe wow. it or not. I started looking up credit tips and uh, financial literacy tips. And what I probably didn't mention in this interview yet is that I was making 70, 80 grand a year, but I was, my job was, I was a collection agency manager. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you for your whole list of jobs, but that one right there, right in the forehead. Right there. So I'm I'm getting paid to learn about how credit impacts you, you know, how things get on your credit report and how the algorithm works with credit reporting. I, all that stuff was flying over my head. I'm, tell, I'm teaching teams of 25 collectors how to collect 10 and 20 thousand dollar debts from people. But I'm going home dodging the phone calls. Eh, wow. Message. <laughs> message. <laughs> message. Pin, pin. You want to pin that? Just Pinterest, pin, 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 pin that. Yeah, that's it. So a combination of all that information really helped me change. And I want to use this opportunity to say this one thing to people. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start opening your eyes to who you really want to be, the life you really want, mm-hmm. things start to open up to help you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned it earlier, Nicole. Don't say I want to get out of debt. Say that I'm ready for financial freedom. The word debt itself will mm-hmm. bring it's going to bring more of that to you. You attract what you speak and, and say out here. Mm-hmm. right? So speak what you want for your life. And it starts to come to fruition. I absolutely agree. Um, you mentioned about grabbing your notepad and writing things down. Um, and this this is a concept, you know, that especially they talk about a lot in multi-level marketing. And so I had been a uh, in MLM 
since I retired, to, since I left the job around 2009 mm-hmm. or 10. And um, then we talked, we, you know, did vision boards and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward 2017, right before the big, you know, the last big hurricanes that hit Florida, my late husband and I were uh, living in South Beach. We were in, mm-hmm. in Miami, Florida, and in Trailer Park. We actually left uh, Cleveland and went houseless on purpose, purged everything that we could not fit in our 06 Jeep Liberty. Okay. And with our little dog, and we mm-hmm. hit the road and started driving south. And our goal was to drive across the country, telling people about how to eat healthy on the road. We couldn't find a healthy thing on the road. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so we wound up stuck in South Beach. I wanted to, I wanted to go to South Beach for my birthday. <laughs> We were wound up down there for 10 whole months, and it, it took a natural disaster to uh, pluck my husband's ass out of South Beach. Okay. Wow. So, okay. Uh, yeah, and it was funny. We were in a trailer park, and everybody was like, oh, we just going to hunker down. We said, tell us about it in Cleveland on Facebook. We'll be in Cleveland. Right. Yeah, we do a lot of stuff in Cleveland, but we don't mess with Mother Nature. Yes. Um, but I was, we were... Uh, Things didn't go the way that we had intended. His goal was to build his um, his uh, health plan, his uh, website as a personal trainer, health instructor, uh, you know, on this route. And it didn't pan out the way it was. So we wound up just depending on my income for a while, mm-hmm. and which, of course, does something to a man's psyche, Absolutely. period. And Absolutely. you and your wife talked about how you were dealing with a time when you when her funds and income was was the household and you your uh, credit was too low to do anything or whatever. Yes. So she was the the financial support um, and held your back end up. You know, like a real queen should. That's right. Go, Latasha. Um, Diva alert. Um, yes. But I, I, uh, I found myself there one day trying to figure it out. Like, I did not work, you know, uh, 30 years on the street and, and doing this and m- busting on my back. I have seven damaged discs in my back. I've had a total mm. knee replacement. I have 11 damaged joints, all courtesy of the streets of the city of Cleveland. I did not go through all of this to live check to check, hand in mouth. That's right. Something got to change. I grabbed a notepad. <laughs> I grabbed a notepad and I, um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to try to grab it now. It might be a little mm-hmm. bit too far for me to reach from my desk right now. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I will show it to you much later. Mm-hmm. I started just writing down a new bucket list. So things I want. This was, this was in, I think it was December of 16. Okay. And I said, I'm just going to start writing down um positive affirmations i'm so happy and glad now that my husband and i are making the money we need and i'm going to write down a new bucket list to achieve by my 50th birthday mm-hmm. and i had done so much at that time and traveled the country i've been to a couple you know other countries and, and done so much so I'm just going to put some outlandish stuff on there. I want to mm-hmm. meet Oprah. I want a phone mm-hmm. call from Michelle Obama. You know, I, right. um, you know, just all this outlandish stuff. I want to live on, my, uh, live on some land and, and raise my own organic food. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Here I am four years later. Now, a lot of the things, of course, that included my husband, of course, can't come to pass. Mm-hmm. But a huge, huge majority of that list, I, I pulled it out a few months back after I wrote the book and published yeah. the book in October. Okay. And I said, I'm on track. Holy crap. <laughs> I, nice. You know, like I said, these things were outlandish ideas. Just like, oh, I want to, you know, just do all these, these wild things and, you know, make these big accomplishments. And when I look on what I've been able to do in, in the businesses, I'm a serial networker. I have, mm-hmm. you know, 10 different projects that I also, 11 now, that I also have my, my hands in that I'm, you know, trying to get one. They, they start producing this yeah. is all, you know, it's all yeah. good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but when I look at it, um, it will not be long before I get that phone call from Oprah. Uh, and from um, not just Oprah, yeah, Michelle Obama. Obama. Michelle I just Obama, read, sure. yeah, I just read her book. I listened to her audio book, Words yep. Move, Still Move, but I'm working, mm-hmm. working through it. But there's so much, and I'm living on three acres. I'm growing my own food, you wow. know, this, that, and the other. Wow. So all of these things that it was um it is so valuable that little piece of advice just get a notepad yeah. um i'm in the process of work writing a workbook and nice. that's one of my uh, you know caveats is write it down okay write it as if it's already here be so mm-hmm. happy and glad now that don't say mm-hmm. well when i get right you're not you're not you're stifling the universe because the universe does everything with zero effort that's right <laughs> grass that's right. does not strain to grow the that's sun right. does not strain to shine that's you know right. we put our own mental limitations on mm. the universe and what you know what we can bring to us You're preaching preaching <laughs> dropping them right. jewels on them Listen, yep. you know what one huge jewel and then i'm going to ask you you know get back into the question you attract what you are yeah. not what you want so become the person or the change that you want to see and that's what you're bringing to you it will not happen any other way <laughs> oh man this is beautiful this is so spot on you just dropped so much wisdom in that statement there um you know just write it down don't worry about how it's gonna happen that's not your job Mm-mm. your job is to envision the the dream that you want and put the work in i'm just yeah. You don't have to, if it doesn't go exactly the steps that you, I'm sure this, like you said, it obviously you would have wanted this to be shared with your husband. And And my original dream house was in Costa Rica, but. And success doesn't always look like what we thought it was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. So it's still great and fabulous, but don't get locked into it's got to be exactly like this for it. Man, God may have something completely better in store for you that blows away what your little mind had envisioned for yourself. Mm -hmm. So just write it down. It doesn't matter how uh, outlandish it is. That was great wisdom right there. This stuff. Even before that, um, to expand that concept, I wrote down my husband. Long before we met, and I had check boxes. I wanted them six foot, around 200 pounds, you know, give or take an inch or two, around 200 pounds, entrepreneurial minded, chocolate covered, 
Legal Shield member. And I had to have my membership because I okay. felt like, especially at that time, if mm-hmm. you look at all this information for the cost and you can't make a smart enough decision to say that you want that in your life, you don't make smart decisions. I'm not going to waste my time with you. So, and then, you know, and you get with me and you don't want to really, you might glaze over, listen to what I say. And then you move along and you trying to get with me. You don't care about what's up here. All you want is from the neck down. So mm-hmm. that had to be a caveat. So yeah. when I, I met David um, on Facebook, mm-hmm. <laughs> inboxing, hi, would you mm-hmm. like to come out to my new gym for a free trial workout? Simply to populate. And anyone, and it, you know, and this is this is a a, a pen too for those uh, out there listening that are trying to, you know, to move some stuff to make some, uh, you know, to use social media for certain marketing, especially in a local area. Mm-hmm. And you can't because like there's a spam, and even then you couldn't do the spam, or you couldn't just copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. Right, right. But he would take the time, you know, whether he's sitting on the, in the bathroom, whether he's in his office, he got a few minutes here and there. Copy, paste, and then put your name in. Hi, Victor. Would you like to mm-hmm. come out to my gym for a trip? Copy, right. paste. Hi, Nicole. Would you like everything was the same? Mm-hmm. If you responded, he would engage and get you out. And uh, 80 to 90% of the time, if he got you in that chair, he was getting your money. Something. Wow, that man had nice. milliseconds of sales genius. Wow. Um, my, at the time when I got that inbox... I was marketing legal plans for small business owners. So we actually met on May 20th, um, March 20th of 2013. Mm -hmm. And in three bullet points, you get unlimited consultations, documents and phone calls on your behalf, and, you know, a review, document review. He said, sign me up for that. I said, damn, he is smart, too. Let me (laughs) (laughs) Woo, all this, you know, so uh, I was, I was a, Thick size 16. Okay, okay. <laughs> Talking okay. mad schmack. I'm confident. Yeah. I've always been a confident woman. Good. You know, anyone who's known me all my life and says, yes, she doesn't meet strangers. She wakes up like this. It's all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I walk in, it's, whoo, wait, do you find it? I just walk into a chocolate factory. Hold up. Let me get uh, professional again. Uh, this size right. 16. I'm 40 plus and fabulous. I make my own money. I don't care what you think about me. You either like it or don't. There you go. There he you go. said, if you'd have told him that we'd have wound up, not only did he, did I wind up being his absolute best client as far as results is concerned versus all mm. my injuries, but that we would get married a year later. I walked down the aisle to him 16 months later, size four. Oh, my God. Snap. Eating more than I ever have, feeling better. And I, I, I went after his program because to learn how food works right. because I had, I had so many injuries. Uh, I had been bedridden for over a year at one point. And, so, and I, legs, my legs were atrophied. I couldn't yeah. swim a lap. I couldn't oh. swim a flutter kick. Nothing. I walked like an old lady. I had a cane, a knee brace, a neck brace. It was really pathetic. I looked 50. Mm. I was 37. <laughs> Whew. Um, oh. But I, I, I lost the weight and gained it back. Um, when I threw my back out again, couldn't work out. So I had to find someone that understood how food worked. So if right. I can't move, I don't get fat again. Yeah. Um, and so I tried his program 30 days at a time. And, you know, three months later, we were dating. And a year later, we was married. And the rest, as they say, is history. Wow. <laughs> nice, nice. But, you know, mm, pushing mm-mm. through those, those pains and injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but using you know the the Facebook and different platforms, so yeah. taking the time yeah. uh, to you know push your 
your dream. Hi, Victor. Hi, Cole. Whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, that's good. Good wisdom. Even today. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, you know, it, it does. It does take patience, but. Mm-hmm. Um. And as I said, before we could talk, so by the time, before I bust the left <laughs> again on the conversation, so when you decided to make these changes, you, are, you were talking about how, uh, as a man, as a father, as the, you know, the protector of the family, how you felt so defeated at that moment, um, and you decided to make these changes. Was it scary to, to change oh, yeah. this, to say you're going to change? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a little different than a lot of people. I'll say it was scary, but... I am very um, uh, results driven. And so I like to spec out the steps and then just do the steps. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to worry about, uh, I'm scared of how it's going to turn out. Just just do the steps. You know, mm-hmm. I just follow the process. And so, and I, I applied that same uh, philosophy with my first real estate investment project, which turned out super successful, which is why I'm three hundred percent in interest. Return, girl, you are strong. Oh, I love this interview. You are <laughs> educated and informed on me. Thank you so much. Because you you make it easy to listen to. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like a lot of people would be drawn on, but when I read the reviews, it's like, oh, this is so easy. And there was one review on there that says he practices what he preach. So I actually saw that right before I started reading the book. And um, there's a part in the book where you were talking about uh, the definition of happiness. And then, you know, you gave the definitions. And then right after that, it's, it reads, wow, that is so beautiful. But I could yeah. feel your energy off the bat. I can, like, on, uh, when you go to NicoDineProjects.com, uh, you'll see the, the, uh, the uh, video in the background of Victor doing, you know, some talks or whatever and uh, some other instruction in front of the video. So uh, when I read the book and I saw that sentence, I could feel you, like, going like this. I'm like, <laughs> and I told my friends, I can't come and look at this. I see this video. Wow. Now, read that. Can't you feel it? Like, this guy really cares and wow. really means. A lot of people talk smack. But mm-hmm. you really do have a passion for helping people uh, make this transition. And I, I'm, I'm yes. so thankful for you for that, you know, for your transparency, mm-hmm. you know, spilling your guts. You yeah. telling people yeah. all your business. When we yeah. grew up in the area era of what goes on in my house stays in my house right 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 that real uh, you know that i truly speech. believe that um we're all here to serve right you know and and um i've had so, so many people that stepped in to help me kind of make this transition even though i spell out these steps mm-hmm. there were people that just blessings angels that just kept popping in uh which i'm sure you as you get deeper in, you'll start seeing there's this one particular lady that just popped up in my life at three critical uh, stages after all of this, right? But mm-hmm. having those people, and I always promised them I would pay it forward when I was be- in a better position. And so mm-hmm. um, not only have I done mentoring through Proven Pathways Academy, which is our platform, you know, obviously there's some paid courses and coaching, but mm-hmm. we also do our youth program, Create Your Future Self Youth. So we go into the high schools and, and talk to kids about this stuff and in hopes of preventing them from going to turning 30 before they figure out that they could have uh, started building their wealth at an earlier age. And so anyway, mm-hmm. where I was going with that is just that just having that that 
tenacity. I wasn't afraid. I just wanted to do the stuff. And then I wanted to make sure that I was able to give back to people the way people poured into me during that transition. So it's been a blessing. Awesome. Um, and, and you talk about, you know, the people that came into your life, but you mentioned in the book that you had to become more likable. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. Please expound on that. Cause you're like, what do you mean more likable? When yeah. I got to suck up when I got to, you know, uh, please so expound on that. To ensure that people get this thoroughly, you got to get the book proven pathways to wealth and got to get the book. It's on Amazon. You can, if, it, if you can't quite get the spelling of Nico Don project, go to Victor V Johnson.com Victor V Johnson.com. But anyway, <laughs> chapter seven, I talk about being likable, networking and relationship building. Mm -hmm. So what do what, uh, how did I become more likable? Well, first of all, I started smiling more. I just started smiling for no apparent reason. I'll be walking down the street and just start smiling. Oh my God. You know, I've been in leadership roles at work. And so um, another thing that I learned is that people love to hear their names. Mm -hmm. So in the mornings, I would walk in, into my team. Again, I had 25, at one point I had 100 people, but I would walk into the team. Good morning, Sally. Hey, what's going on, Jamal? How you doing this morning? <laughs> You know, and just before I get into the humdrum of all the meetings and reports and all that stuff, I would take that time to just walk through the team. And you never know where people are in the mornings. I mean, we go through so much traffic, babies, spouses, uh, multiple jobs. They might just get off another job, another job, fatigue, physical strain, all this stuff. And so sometimes just that good morning, Sally, mm -hmm. just made all the difference in the world. And I actually had somebody tell me that. She's like, Victor, you know, you're the director over here and you meet up with all them executives all day, but you just made my day just stopping by to say good morning to me. And not just good morning, but you said my name and yes. let me know. I didn't even think you knew who I was, you know? And so that's how I became more likable. And I'm not suggesting that you got to go out and make everybody like you. That's just not realistic. That sucks. You know, you need some, some adversity. Fake. Yeah, that's yeah. fake. You know, you need some, some, uh, contention in your life but if you're a business person um you do need to be approachable mm -hmm. and i guess that could have been probably a better word to say is that be more approachable you know a uh, buddy of mine is a, like a lot of my buddies black tall big black men right you know mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a shorter slimmer dude but most of my buddies are bigger than me and of course they will be intimidating if they don't have a smile on their face just like yes. a lot of how a lot of them getting killed mm -hmm. out here it's out of fear that mm -hmm. some of those officers anyway that's another topic. yes but i'm a retired I'm, cop too so i know yeah, i know just, i know i know we could go on listen that i got i trust i got strong opinions on that I, yeah i, understand, I don't so. mess with the popo i'm retired yeah, I'm, yeah okay yeah, so being <laughs> likable just suggests that you should make yourself approachable because the way you attract better things to yourself is that people got to know you're open to it first mm -hmm. like you can't you know, you might have the best house in the neighborhood, but if you let your shrubberies grow up over the, the front yard and door ain't been painted, they will never have an opportunity because they're not going to come to your house. They, You don't look. You're not getting no trick or treaters knocking not on your door. <laughs> not at all. So make your front of your physical house, your face house look like you at least are open to conversation. And I tell you, it'll change your life. Yep. I, I absolutely agree. Um, how to win friends and influence people 
is a great one. If you need mm-hmm. step-by-step instructions on how to be more likable, because it, uh, this was an issue I had with my late husband. He was mm-hmm. a big dude. Mm-hmm. Um, it came from the hood, had you know been in and out of prison, and mm-hmm. so he was that stone face, you know, no nonsense guy. Mm-hmm. But then he wound up in the people business where he had to depend on that, mm-hmm. and that was one of uh, uh, my advice. And another one of his mentors said the same thing, dude. You got to smile. So he would just start walking around the house, <laughs> just smile for no just reason, smile. just smile. He had a beautiful smile. Smile. I would try to say things just to get him to smile. Like, yep, that's the one right there. Keep that smile. <laughs> And I'm telling you, it makes you it, feel It better. does. It makes you look younger, too. It yes, actually sir. keeps the muscles in your face. Yep. Um, for those of you, like, on, on my cover art, it's a, uh, on my podcast cover art, it's just, it's a caricature. But if y'all go on Facebook or any of my website, followbackdollars.org, and look at my face, you see, this is what 50 is supposed to look like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be 50 in December, up. but, you know, it's the countdown. I, 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 I was like, uh, December 21st, 49, okay, countdown to 50. 49 yeah. don't mean nothing. Let's do 50. When's your birthday? 122171. Okay, 1221. Go ahead. That, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm on the winter solstice, shortest day of the year, when the time is going to run out. And I, I am dead on track and looking forward to that phone call from Miss Obama. It's going to happen. I'm telling <laughs> you, it's going to happen. Yep. It is going to happen so fast. And they, they right on the other island, right? right wow. How about yeah, that? Yeah. See? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um,. So, you, I wrote down, act as if, I'm, you be giving so many nuggets, I'll be trying to write, <laughs> so I can go, ooh, we got to talk more about that, but um, we're, we're just so all along the lines on the same goal, and I, I can't wait to get your feedback on the new workbook. Uh, yes. it's, uh, I'm waiting on the foreword from a psychologist. Uh, okay. who found the book on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a treasure trove, okay? Yes. So for listeners, the, I've got, I've never paid for it. I've always had the free prescription. Maybe one of these days I'll uh, upgrade, but I, I just don't see the need to pay $60 mm-hmm. a month for something that's phenomenal free. I found you. They yeah. found me. It's a phenomenal yeah. uh, tool, free tool. Yeah. And the psychologist found my book, Get Your Own Damn Fish. She says she was... She had just had a, a meeting with a client that was one of those woe is me type people. Oh, everything happens to me. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Just, just walking around this black cloud and it's always yeah. raining right where this person is standing. And mm-hmm. she said, I, I need to find something to show her how to get off her ass and do it. And she said she opened up LinkedIn that day and saw the title, Get Your Own Damn Fish. I'm the bitch life made me. She said, you need this. And she said, ah. <laughs> So, so I love it. She, I love she it. Said, wow. She said just from the title alone. She hadn't even read the back screen. The, the back. She said, just the title alone. So I, she sent it out. She wound up sending it to like five or six other people mm. and got some, you know, great responses from it. That's beautiful. She reached back to me. She said, I need a workbook to accompany that. Would, would you consider that? I said, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it, it hasn't even gone to print yet. I'm going to send wow. you a copy of it and I would absolutely um, love your feedback. I would love to give you the feedback. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, our, uh, you've been a fly on my wall the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of alignment for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So um, when you made this shift, how soon? 
did you start to see or feel results in your your finances? So we're going to say this is not a microwave situation. This may take some time, so be patient. So okay, so honestly, I felt immediate difference because my attitude changed. Like I was determined. I was committed. It was like uh, I'm super competitive. So it was like a competition to myself to to get through this stage. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I felt better immediately. Um, okay. Within a month, I saw I started seeing a difference. Now, I'm not saying my credit score shot up, but I started seeing more money in my house. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't get a part time job. None of that. I just started looking at all of our money, everything mm -hmm. that comes in and where is it going? We started mm -hmm. tracking our dollars. And at the time we were using mint.com, mint.com. Uh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And we put everything in there and it showed us that literally this was the next eye opener that we were spending at the time we were in a three bedroom, no, it was, yeah, three bedroom uh, apartment. And we were spending, let's just say uh, $800 a month, I think it was, but we were eating out about $1,100. <laughs> that part. That part right there. And so seeing it, and they put it in a nice little pie chart so you could see it clearly. You eating out this much <laughs> of your pie. Right. And where you live in. And I'm like, wait a minute. Slice of the pie where we you live. You Smaller. Yeah. What's going on? So for me, the first challenge was, okay, family meeting. Let's get together. Let's just talk about it. So because it put my daughter's uh, debit card in, it showed my wife, me, and we all eating out at lunch every day, just about every day. Now, and how so, old were your kids at this time? At this time, they were um, 13, 14, and 16. Um, I have my older daughter. She was already gone out the house. She was 17 at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what happened was um, we saw that and said, okay, I'm going to take the lead here. I'm going to cut back my eating out to lunch down to one day a week. Just let's just start with me. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, we found like an extra 40 bucks a, a week, let's just say, right. Or $80 a check. Um, and then my wife said, well, I'm going to stop eating out a couple of days out the week. And then my daughters, and then we started, my wife got good and started doing a little light meal prep. She'll make some food enough for two, three days. And so then, Within that first month, go star Latasha again. Okay, thank that's you. it. She goes star all the way, baby. And so the next month, we pulled up mint and the pie chart. We actually got our food costs down below the cost of the rent. So without doing any extra work, you know, physical work, we found an extra $350, $400. And where did that money go? Towards a debt, that towards part. a collection, towards a credit card bill or whatever bill we had to pay to get it down. Mm -hmm. And so what happened in the next couple of weeks? Scores start going up. I got a victory. Okay. My behavior actually resulted in what I'm trying to accomplish in life. Let me do that some more and even awesome. more. And it got real deep. But yeah, we, but get the book, guys. Proven <laughs> you Pathways get the book. to Wealth and Happiness. Yes. Yeah, you got to get the book, um, you know, because, you know, you, you'll hear Victor and I mention a lot of different references and resources. But what Victor did was take the best parts of all of these, and I can testify this because I've, you know, read and studied us. I've done um, insurance sales. I've done uh, financial studies and learned the rules, 72 and compound. Learned all of that. And Victor has taken this tremendous amount of information and streamlined it, and it, it should say 
the pathway to wealth and happiness for dummies. Because <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because I was as dumb as it come when it came to money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you was able to not just figure it out, figure it out, but you wrote a little bitty book about it, a small book about it. It's little, yeah. only a little over a hundred pages yeah. with big words. Okay, every this just these are big words. I this is not font eleven, one hundred twenty two pages. <laughs> right. Are, you know these font. I can mm-hmm. read without my glasses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can knock it out in a day or two. You can knock sure. it out in a couple hours, like mm-hmm. really. Yep. Um, and because of so many of the principles I had from other books, I was actually kind of able to skim just a little bit. Oh, uh-uh, no, I almost missed something. Mm-hmm. But you took it and streamlined it and made it as simple, um, not only simple enough for, like you said, you was as dumb as they come for you yeah. to, to <laughs> write about it, but for others to pick it up and go, I'm a dummy too. Let me, <laughs> let me apply. And then if you want, if y'all, you know, y'all want to go out and and expound on all these other resources and reading Jeff Olson and reading Think and mm-hmm. Grow Rich. What was the, the end of that title? Think and uh, Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Uh, a Black Choice. A Black Choice by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. He still goes around speaking now. That's awesome. Professor at Clark University, the last thirty years. That is absolutely beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. and there's another. Uh, a book that I don't know if you've if you've read it or first called The Slight Edge. Okay. Okay. Um, the Slight Edge is by Jeff Olson. I said Jeff Olson. This is Joel. You read Joel Olstein. Mm-hmm. Jeff Olson, O L S E N. The okay. Slight Edge, and it talks about the importance of everything that we do. Okay. Um, every every like you said, you were able to cut out uh, eating out in, mm-hmm. in exchange for uh, lunch just that short amount of time and your wife did just those little bitty things that little slight edge decision and it made go. a huge impact oh, you know yeah. like if you decide to eat a Big Mac every day for 30 days you know versus eating a salad for lunch every day for 30 mm-hmm. days that slight edge decision things that well it doesn't seem like a whole lot now but when right. you add it up over time and um, that is true for success and failure. Mm-hmm. And yes. contrary to popular belief, if you sit there and do nothing, nothing is it's not nothing that's happening. Something is still happening. You're mm-hmm. just not active in it. Time is going to pass and it will either promote you or expose you. <laughs> we yeah, that part. That part right there. Um, that sound that reminds me of the book uh, Many Habits by uh, Stephen Geist, where he talks about that, like just the littlest things. Like, so people get, oh, man, I can't do 25 pushups. Just get down there and do one. Just just do one. Don't worry about the 25 right now. Just do one. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, do two. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the next day, push for three. You know, those many habits turn into tremendous, tremendous results. So mm-hmm. I love that you said that. And I'm going to grab that book, The Slight Edge. For sure. Yeah. You know, because, you know, like you said, and you've been touching on each point, you know, um, mindset um, creates your thoughts and what you think about, you bring about, and you speak things into existence. Right. And so, and it can't happen in the other direction. It has to go in this, you know, in that particular order with changing mm-hmm. your mindset. But the awesome part is there is so much p- 
power. You know, so many of us feel like we're on autopilot. We just have no control over there. I got to go to work. I got to pay these bills. I got to go to bed and, I, and repeat. Work home mm-hmm. bed. Work home bed. And, um, but when you recapture that power and say, no, I'm going to change this. And if I have to write it down, I'm going to write it down first and I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to take these steps and change this. There is so much power and you felt it immediately yeah. in saying, I can change. I can make a change for my life and, and do something and be something different. And so kudos to you for taking back your power. Thank you, thank <laughs> you know. You, thank you. Yep. Uh, yes, taking, definitely taking back your power. Um, now, you said that you felt a change immediately. And, of course, you started seeing uh, some money in, mm-hmm. you know, back within the first month. But how long before a real change, before enough change happened where you could actually see it in your credit report? And so I would away. say um, probably within six months, I probably made it. So I was in the, I was at about a 520, 525 when I started that journey. Mm-hmm. So I would say uh, probably it took me about six, nah, maybe about nine months. And I finally got over 600. Um, then another, you know, it was kind of slow from that point because um, I had paid the debts, but what people, so here comes a pit, a big tip for you. Big, mess, big part of it is not just paying off your old debt, but you have to build new positive history. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I caught on again, I probably picked that up through Pinterest or something. And I started, um, you know, I get a small little $300 loan, make sure I make the payments on time, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And so maybe within a year and a half, I had, gotten my score to just about a 640, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, since that time, I have uh, obviously explored way better resources to accelerate that process for my mm-hmm. clients. Uh, most of my clients now, when they come to us, it's they're in a 575 zone. And our goal is to get them to a 660 FICO score so that they are mortgage ready. And so that process typically takes about six months now. So, um I mean, and that's beautiful because most people feel like it's going to take them forever, you know, to get twenty or $30,000 worth of debt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I myself, I was, I was worried about a whole lot. And I, did, I knew kind of sort of what was in my credit report, but I had to, actually, I had to pull it. Yep. <laughs> okay, these are some things you got to look at. That was another mm-hmm. issue with my anxiety, mm-hmm. looking at that and, and seeing the damage that I had done, yep. you know, and facing it and doing something about it. Um, but you you got to know where you're starting <laughs> to create yes. a path to where you're going. Exactly. You you just said that you were able to make these traumatic changes in your spending habits, your saving habits, your financial freedom plan, and your credit mm-hmm. in less than a year. Yeah, you know yeah. that time was going to pass anyway anyway <laughs> exactly and i'm not saying that was the end of the journey obviously but mm-hmm. it it gave me enough leverage to where i could now start maneuvering a little bit more mm-hmm. uh again you mentioned our that first house we bought um i had the money i didn't have a credit score that they wanted and my wife had the score mm-hmm. and just barely enough money but that's you know that was a thing for me. I was like, well, hold up, hold up. You mean my name not going to be on this? You know, I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they, they had to break it down for me. No, no, sir, you won't be on the note, but you will be on the deed. You still mm-hmm. are one of the owners of the house, but the note she's responsible for, which ultimately, obviously, I'm responsible for as the, the payer in the house, but right. she was on the note. So I got through that. And guys, ladies, whoever is in that situation, if you're dealing with it now, man, I look back at that now and that's such a such a small I mean, it doesn't even matter. We own multiple houses now, investment properties and stuff. And I look back at that like that wasn't even that long ago. And I was sitting here tripping about putting my wife's name on the note. So put your pride aside and just get out to ask for help when you need it. Get yourself in a position where you can do things. But yeah, from that point, uh, we never look back. We never look back. Yeah. You know, and and I and I can imagine um, when you do even uh, let your thoughts drift back to that time. Uh, it, it, maybe then you felt like a little punch in your pride. But I can imagine how much you can puff your chest up now thinking how how well your wife had your back during that time. And you guys did what a married couple is supposed to do. In times, you know, through better or worse and holding each other up. And it is contrary to popular opinion, people, it is not 50-50. Right. It is 100 100 There you go. All the times, so, you know. All um, the time. All the it's, time. It's 100-100. And, you know, we talked about that one time after, you know, when when there was a, a afterthought. Now she was like, you know, you really had me feeling bad about that. You know, so think of the stress I put on her mm-hmm. unnecessarily. That like she just this is her first house too, so she's trying to make sure she's getting these people what they need. And here I am in her back, in her ear, like ah, when I I need to get on this note. I, come on now, guys or ladies or whoever it is, like be there for your partner. I love right. what you just said. A hundred, one hundred, one hundred, one hundred. Because so. here's the thing: it might have been her name only on the house, but your name is on her. So <laughs> right, how about that? <laughs> Man, yes, indeed. Oh, you good? <laughs> you know, and and I had I had to caveat that because there was a discussion when uh, when I got married about my last name. My last name is hyphenated, Jennings mm-hmm. Goodman, and that's mm-hmm. because Nicole Goodman did not exist be- before July of 2014. Mm-hmm. But Jennings had a reputation that I built up in the city that I was very proud of. And so yeah. that part, and and not just that, but you know, you're talking about my retirement check. You're talking about yeah. you know old yeah. bills and that and the other, and it it was it you just it just it's yeah. Jennings good man. Don't worry about it. I'm I'm, your wife. I'm still <laughs> yeah. yours, baby. Yeah, you yeah. know. So, yeah. but um, you know, and it, it, he understood, and it was a con, con, uh, conversation, and then he understood. You know, so it's still kind of. But eventually, it's like whatever. It didn't even matter. Didn't matter. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, and, and you still have the name now. You know, I do. Yeah. I, I think I'm go. thinking about dropping Jennings now for real, cause I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a whole new, a whole new somebody. Everything right, right. now. You know, being mm-hmm. a published author in the website and this, that, and the other. It's like you know what? That's right. Life is a cop in. Cle- I ain't even in Cleveland no more. <laughs> see, you see what I, I'm saying? You know, and. Um, you know, if you ask me why I moved way out here, part of it's because I was a crime scene investigator. And I put a lot of people away for a lot of heinous things, and a lot of them are out now. Not everybody mm-hmm. like the police, and I still go. look the same. I got you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that makes sense. Yep. I ran it. Uh, my husband and I were together. We went to meet up with another couple um, at the park when they get those free concerts in the summer. 
And another girlfriend of mine who's, uh, she's a current Marine. <laughs> she's okay. a Marine. A little bad, beautiful woman, 5'4", just beautiful. You would never expect mm-hmm. that she can kill you with her bare hands. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she walked up and she had this, you know, a guy with her. And, you know, it, we chopped it up for two or three minutes. She walked on off. The young lady that I was sitting with was like, that guy, he just got out of prison for murder. They found his uh, girlfriend in the trunk of her car. I said, I found his girlfriend in the trunk of the car. Yes, it was on a traffic stop 16 years prior when I was still in the black and white. Uh, not a traffic stop, but a one-car motor vehicle accident, vehicle mm-hmm. abandoned. So when mm-hmm. I got there, there was nobody with the car. The car was barely damaged, but you have to do a full inventory. Yep. Pop the trunk. She was in the trunk. And, uh, you know, he wound up doing just 13 years for a whole lot of, you know, reasons I didn't understand. But uh, so I, t- I told my husband, he's called, I freaked. I just yeah, ran to his for murder and uh, aggravated murder. And they had two little girls under the age of three. It's time. <sighs> yeah. So, and you know, he gets, he gets out in 13 years. They're still in high school. Anyway, um, I called her. You know, my husband was just called her. And I called her. I had to call her like three, four times before she finally answered the phone. She's like, what is going on? I said, shut up. Don't talk. Just listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? She was with this guy. She was with the They were out on a date. Oh, and had man. dated for a while. And he did tell her that he had recently got out of prison for murder, but he gave her a cockamamie story as to what happened. Okay, I, said, no. I was going to say, how she ended anyway? Yeah. No, okay. right. And I said, no, baby. It was aggravated. Let me tell you the real story. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, call me when you get safely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. actually lived right down the hallway from me. So wow. she called me a few hours later, and, and you know, I explained the real to her. And um, she told me something in, in that moment that um, should not uh, made my heart feel warm, but it did, that he was suffering and dying from pancreatic cancer. And three months later, he was gone. I said... Wow. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. but um, things like that, you know, as, as part of wow, it, yeah, that's a smart move by, to get up out of there. Yeah. yeah, I've been tracked down by private investigators. Uh, I've been tracked down by family members. They want me to testify, character witness. They want to, you know, this report. I, I, if it ain't in the report, which it is, <laughs> because remember, best crime scene detective in the city mm-hmm. of Cleveland yeah, yeah, during yeah. my tenure, the eyes are dotted, the T's are crossed. Um, did I mention I broke my camera when I put my head through the windshield? Did, so yeah, if, yeah, it, if yeah. I didn't write it down, I'll remember. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but like I said, we we could talk. We have it's so much alignment. But I, I want to get, I, I really want to know, um, I really want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. As you began to change your finances, change your, your mindset, this, that, and the other, and, and seek a whole different path. You know, you got, you were death, you were dead set on getting away from the hood rich mentality over to the wealthy mentality. Mm-hmm. What effect or, or response from outside friends and family? You know, did, did you have people supportive or going, ah, you know, that type of stuff? So in the beginning, um, there was no change in the, uh, in any attitude because I don't really know if people knew what I was doing. Like I just mm-hmm. kind of hunkered down. I probably wasn't going out as much or something, but it wasn't enough to where people was like, man, what happened to this dude? Uh, where it got a little weird was so that was uh, 2011 ish or so. 
by 2013, I had accepted a job offer that moved me to Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. um, which doubled my salary. Uh, we sold the house that we had acquired and the little bit that we got at closing, I was able to get debt free, you know, whatever remaining debts we had. So that definitely accelerated my credit from that point. But mm-hmm. where it got a little weird was um, honestly with my kids, um, because at this time, they were my son had just graduated high school. I uh, we sent him down to the University of Tampa, so he was in college when I moved here. Uh, my the daughter that's behind him, Jasmine, she um, was graduating high school. So I actually she she ended up moving with her grandmother since she was so close to graduating. When I I got the job in like December of thirteen, and she was graduating in June of fourteen. So. It just put a strain on our relationships, that distance now, um, mm. them not seeing me as often, um, even though I'm still reaching out, we're, we even still were taking the vacations. In fact, I was finally able to put together the real vacation I wanted to do, flew them out to California to meet my grandmother, who at the time was 91 years old before wow. she passed. Um, Jasmine had never met her, um, mm. you know, she was 18 and 17, 18 years wow. old. And, and then my youngest daughter who's <clears throat> my wife's daughter um she was the only one who came with us to texas mm-hmm. so it put a strain on our relationship and this is just again full transparency and we've gotten a lot of this resolved some of it i'll say right. um and so it put a strain on the two girls because they were airtight you know mm-hmm. my wife's daughter who became my daughter through marriage mm-hmm. and my daughter in many ways, I say that they kind of accelerated our relationship because they were so close as teenagers, right? I even let them, one loved pink, one loved yellow, and I let them paint their room yellow and pink in that first house. And they just had a bond that you could not replicate as if they were twins. And that got severed when mm. we got to Texas and my youngest was, uh, my youngest biological was still there. So that put a strain on things. And um, so I would say that if anything changed that I, I don't like it was that part of my my relationship with my kids. And I was already before their teenage years, the weekend dad and stuff. So we were really just building up some of this momentum, except for my oldest daughter. Um, So anyway, to answer Mm -hmm. your question, what effect or response, if any, did your positive changes have on family and friends? It helped a lot of them. But it put a strain on uh, my kids and myself just from the distance perspective. And and so that part, we continue to work through. My youngest, Jasmine, has had a daughter now. So we're very close because of that. But I don't get to see my granddaughter every day. I'm a grandpa. And I'm about to be a second grandpa. That's why my wife is in London today. I'm flying out Monday because our other our daughter, the other daughter, Ty, is about two days from having her son. So we will be out there uh, bringing him, welcoming him to the world and supporting her, for, you know, for a couple of weeks. So, so anyway, Phenomenal. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the negative side. Or a refrigerator, ma- refrigerator I magnet. I prefer refrigerator magnets. Okay. Because I don't even you. carry keys. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I don't, you know, the, the car drives into the garage. So the key stays on the, on the counter yeah, in the garage yeah. and it goes to the store, you know. Yeah, it ain't like it used to be. So I no, got you. I got you. No. Got you covered. All right. Yep. I love refrigerator magnets from all over the world, though. Okay. Um. Okay. So you have also mentioned relationships 
and mentors. So we're gonna we're gonna hop a little bit. We kind of talked about okay. that a minute ago. We're gonna yeah. hop a little bit, but yeah. um, relationship uh, relationship building and mentors. How important are mentors? And do you feel like it's important? And, and I, I I have my caveat on it, but do you feel like it's important to have multiple mentors? Multiple mentors. I think you should have a mentor for the key areas that you need help in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have multiple areas that you're looking for help in, it may be uh, overabundance to have too many coaches, right? And then right. Uh, some, you know, some coaches will have a whole different perspective on the same thing you're trying to get mm-hmm. help for. So it could confuse you. But I'll say it this way, and I've seen this post before, but a buddy of mine posted it yesterday. Successful people have mentors and coaches. Mm-hmm. Broke people have friends with opinions. <laughs> that part. <laughs> that part. Yeah. So uh, that that shares how important I think mentors are because mentors should be the the uh, give you the ability to kind of see things that you don't see around that corner and give you the guidance on how to navigate what you potentially could see down the road and give you a, a quicker and easier way to achieve those goals because they've hopefully already done those things and bumped mm-hmm. their heads against the obstacles that you're going to face. And so they can help you navigate that. It's very important. And I mm-hmm. think it's important to invest in yourself and you'll never go broke investing in you. Mm-hmm. And if that means a mentor, a book, a course, a, a, a physical workout, you've got to invest in yourself continuously to to grow. So I am a high believer in mentors and coaches uh, for the areas in your life that you have uncertainty on mm-hmm. and you want to uh, you know, get through a particular obstacle to get there. I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, I, I love, <laughs> I love how that was stated, like, you know, broke people got opinions yeah. and I, I would put a pin and some stars and a caveat <laughs> around that and say, don't take advice from people who are not successful at what they're advising you. Like, I'm not going to take marriage advice from the lifetime single person. I, I'm not. I'm not going to take financial advice from the bum on the street that begs for change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I would never hire a personal trainer that looks like they need a personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> that was my husband's. Like that's why he was like, if you look at David Ultimate Body, all of his stuff is it, it, David Ultimate Body anywhere. IG. Uh, I think he was on Pinterest for a hot minute. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. David Ultimate Body is everywhere. And if his, he would always say he was a walking billboard. No mm. one wants a personal trainer. It looks like they need a personal trainer. Mm. And so, you know, his body was his temple. So when I, and I've had a lot of people saying, well, you should do this, but yeah, you, you're good, but you could do this and you do it better. I'm like, your life sucks. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, you know, no. you're, you're, you're broke. I, you, how are you going to, you know, it just makes you kind of look at It's like trying to tell people how to deal with their kids when they ain't got kids. You know, I, how is mm-hmm. somebody with no kids and, you know, and no professional um, titles or nothing pertaining to child rearing or go tell you how to raise mm-hmm. kids. And if anybody has any, uh, a misunderstandings as to how that works. Just put that on it. <laughs> just, just put that mm. part on it. You ain't got no kids, so stop trying to tell me how to raise mine. You ain't got no money, stop trying to tell me how to spend mine. You, right. you know. So, 
um, when you're seeking out these mentors, like like yourself, okay, um, once I really got to learning, like, all uh, the things that you do and, you know, talking to people uh, at the schools and, um, you know, creating mm-hmm. your life and, and all these things, I went, oh, I can't wait to tell them I set up a good financial freedom program. This is yep. going to be, a, you know, and I felt good saying that. And then, like, even, like, with my workbook and, and the book and the podcast, um, some mentors that I had through Legal Shield, some mentors that I had in some other situations, mm-hmm. I reached back to them like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still using the advice that you gave me years ago. Nice. Um, and then mm-hmm. when I did start writing the book, I wound up with a mentor that was a published author. I had no, no idea how to write a book. And, mm-hmm. you know, to help me through that. Yeah. So, um, you know, having those people, those successful people that, um, that you can reach out to. And as a matter of fact, like you were saying, like when you, when you change your mindset, things start to happen for you. Yeah. Um, the gentleman that's my mentor and is still my mentor, you know, for, as an author, mm-hmm. um, we met on Facebook, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. on Facebook. Uh, uh, we were playing words with friends. Yep. And he was the biggest competition I had like for <laughs> about a year, maybe. Maybe wow. more. We had been playing words with friends. And, um, you know, with mostly everybody else, I could throw a word up there to red light. But this guy, I would have to wait till I get where I was going so I could pull over and focus and concentrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't remember who reached out first, but one of us said to the other, like, man, I have to stop and take time for you. Like, you, you know, we, we beat each other like that. And mm-hmm. so uh, we wind up, and I, and I went ahead and, and looked, and to him, like, who is this guy? Right. Published author. I said, oh, my God. And, wow. and he, you know, he talks to, uh, he, he mentors people in how to write a book. So I reached out to him. His first advice was, uh, you know, it, I was doing well so far. I was almost finished with my writing. Mm-hmm. Once I finished it, I hadn't even, I just had the manuscript. I literally typed the last word and they text him, like, I finally finished. He said, okay, now start thinking about your third book. Wow. I said, my third I haven't even published the first. I have no concept about the second. It took me 11 years to write that book. (laughs) 11 years totally Mm. to write that book. You talking about your third? Why did I just get done with a workbook and I've already started the sequel So uh, to my autobiography? And I hit him up like, God bless America. You got me (laughs) writing three books now. But um, that he spoke prophetically. Yeah. You know, yeah. as a mentor should, you mm-hmm. know, someone who was successful in doing. And, and so, you know, I, I would put a pin in that for our listeners. Uh, consider your source yeah. of your advice. For sure. And what are their intentions for you? You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. You know, are their intentions to, to tear you down in what it is that you're doing? Are they just, just bleh, everything, right. that you, every concept? Or are they saying, that's phenomenal, go for it, you know, mm-hmm. that's great. Even if they don't mean it, it sounds like it, that's great, right, right. go for it. Yeah, you know? I think you should definitely have someone who you can vibe with, you can communicate with, not mm-hmm. that's telling you everything you want to hear, Mm-mm. but that you can communicate with, that um, you feel inspired to listen to because what they're telling you, you actually get results from, like, they might just drop a little thing and then here you go. Wow, that worked. Right. Uh, and also someone that's going to hold you accountable 
to what you said you wanted to do. Right. Now, accountability. Oh, yeah, accountability is critical. I mm-hmm. mean, you said you wanted to do this. I have the resources and ability to help you get there, but here you are slacking off, and a good coach will have those uh, points where he can touch you or she can touch you, reach out and make sure that you're on top of things. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's another part of it because uh, accountability is critical because if you're when you're trying something new, the discomfort can discourage you and distract you from continuing forward. And so that accountability, that's really where I see the most value in coaches mm-hmm. is that point when you're ready to give up. Mm-hmm. Is, no, 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 no. Hold up. Hold up. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. We're going to pull you through this mud and then you're going to walk those steps. And there's some more thicker mud over there. And I'm here for you to walk you mm. through that, too. So, yeah, I think coaches are critical if you're yeah. looking to make changes in your life. I absolutely agree. Um, one of the uh, one piece of advice that one of my mentors gave me when I was you know, in the most of a marketing industry was uh, if you're going to complain, complain up. Mm-hmm. Never complain down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, talk, because if I'm. If I'm going to my mentor or uh, my executive or my upline, whatever your your um, industry is, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh my God, I you know I'm tired. I feel like quitting. This is hard." Blah blah blah. That person is going to encourage you. But yeah. if you go to a person that is trying to get where you are and you talk about how difficult it is, how much you hate them, that's that could throw them completely off path, and they're they're back down to the. Mm-hmm. Nine to twelve at midnight, right. you know, nine right. to twelve midnight jobs, blah, blah blah, because they weren't ready, you know, to to hear that discouragement. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and you still didn't get nothing from that. Just just complaining. <laughs> you didn't get absolutely nothing to help you, but you just didn't damage this person for their path to growth. So I love what you just said there. <laughs> exactly, and I I do believe that there is a scripture in there somewhere that says you know to the effect that if you're the reason that someone else's fall else falls mm-hmm. you you're as bad as if you killed them or if you mm-hmm. shot them yeah. you are absolutely guilty for destroying mm-hmm. that life so you know yeah. that that accountability goes in definitely both ways so right there just think about that nicole where you were talking about the guy who came to the house and wanted you to sell him that magic rock, right? Mm-hmm. He could That could have went completely different. Mm-hmm. If he said something different, like, what are you playing with that rock for? Or that sand rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of, hey, I like that. Sell me that rock. In that moment, he could have completely changed your trajectory of where you, what you thought of for yourself, or you would stop playing with rocks and, you know what I mean? So anyway, right. words hey, do have meanings, yes. They do. And the fact that he actually took the time to come back and say, that was great and and uh, and it worked so i <laughs> i effectively sold my first quality product <laughs> at nice. 15 at 5 years old <laughs> satisfied customer on the first one first on. satisfied customer out the <laughs> gate i was absolutely bit by the bug um but <laughs> and so it's it, that that you know it planted a seed in me um but you know, I, I also want to pin that because sometimes, you know, as like, I was five years old, so um, if it had went bad, it could have it, it could have been a lot of things. But as um, as adults, we don't take information the same, no. and so and it, it, bad things are harder to hear, and downfalls are harder to overcome. Yeah. So a lot of times, when you start a new business and you have huge success out the gate. It can set you up for failure. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why you should have mentors around to say, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's great right now, but you got to stay the course because yes. things could bust the left. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So that's, that's a, a great reason to have those positive mentors in your life. Sure. Um, but it's also a reason to pay attention to your path and, you know, to what it is that you're doing. Like, just like with your situation, with your finances, you had all this money, which is all that success as, as a young man in your early mm-hmm. 20s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was the, the, the fall after that because no one held your hand and say, okay, this success is good. However, yeah. stay this path. And I probably wasn't sharing that. I just wanted people to see, hey, I came up, I'm driving this, I'm wearing that and not really telling people what was going on. And so Mm -hmm. I couldn't get help. Somebody, you know, couldn't help me because I didn't tell them I needed help. So, yeah. That what goes on in my house stays in my house. almost ruin your future. And and when you think about the when you think about the um, with with um, with much success comes much responsibility. When you think about um, the success that you've had mm-hmm. and paying it forward, all of the trees of people that you have served and helped as, as a result of, mm-hmm. that very well, all of those people were dependent on you and didn't even know it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. To help you change the, the course of their life. Because one of my mentors said you can – Count the number of ap- seeds in an apple. Mm-hmm. You cannot count the number of apples in a seed. Ooh, I like that one there. Wow. That's awesome. Absolutely. So, you know, um, in, in planting that seed that Alan did, you know, f- almost 45 years ago, um, and and the the seeds that you chose to go out and find, like, ain't nobody planting seeds on me. I'm gonna go out and find some seeds. You see what I'm saying? Right. So a lot, a lot of you have to to seek the knowledge. And there was a lot of stuff. There's stuff that you just don't know. You don't know, but mm-hmm. you might want to just go reach out and say, is there anything that I don't know? Uh, Google, you can, Uncle Google, please teach me something about. <laughs> right. Is there anything I need to know about whatever endeavor you're in? Mm-hmm. Uh, but those very important seeds have grown into more apples than you or I could ever, ever, ever count. And, you know, that is, you know, not only paying it forward, but uh, being that servant, you know, that we are all here meant to be. Um, I was a civil servant for a long time by trade, but, and and I am a servant at heart, but Mm -hmm. now I get to be civil by choice, (laughs) (laughs) which is even, which is a wonderful situation, you know? Um, So, as, I mean, it's honestly, you know, sitting in, in, in my financial situation, even though I, I got some debt and, and no savings and my credit is looking ugly. My credit is looking ugly. Um, this is when my husband passed away. He collapsed behind the wheel of his car that we had just purchased within a year. And they do not care. The banks don't care whether you surrender it or whether they have to find you and repo it. It's still a repo. And um, I, uh, I, I never got back in that car again. I called the bank and told them to come get it. And they told me that it would... Punch my credit in the guts, and I um, recited some serious explicit expletives <laughs> that, yeah. you know, come get this bleep bleep car before yeah, I yeah. drive it into a bleep bleep wall at 100 yeah. miles an hour and take out everybody in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Miss Goodman. <laughs> we'll come oh, and get wow. it. Yeah, uh, mm. and it, that did kick me in the teeth. Yeah. Um, mm. But 
Woo, that and you know what? That completely threw me off. I like no, no, no. I understand that whole back me up. What was I saying? Like, just just that, you know? I yeah. Well, we were talking about the bankruptcy, and you know, and yes, and so that knocked your credit score down. Uh, Yeah. Um, but you know, we 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 regroup, and you get you, you get back to where you were. Get yeah. back to the notepad, if yep, need yep. be. And when yep. I came out, when I decided to move to Hawaii, uh, move this move really saved my life. It, it it truly saved my life. I was at such a horrible um, situation of depression, and mm-hmm. where I was was even more depressing. Um, I, I was literally watching a cooking show one day, and they were in in Hawaii, and I was like, I would love to taste that food. <gasps> I'm moving to Hawaii. And the nice. following month, I was out here and found my place. Really? Uh, nice. Yeah. And to be completely transparent, I had given myself an expiration date. Mm. I said, if I cannot find a reason, my question was, why am I still alive? Like, I have absolutely done everything and poured everything I've served, I've given, and, then, and everything I had left was taken away. Why am I still here? If I can't find a reason to live on that island on one of them islands by june by that following june and the reason why i said june is because i had a life insurance policy that would not pay out for suicide before Mm. it matured like june 6th or something i said that's my expiration date if i can't find a reason to live i'm going to pull up to the nearest trumpet tree and throw back some belladonna seeds and let somebody find me that those were my words to a very dear friend of mine. As a matter of fact, the same friend that was in the park several years ago with a murderer. Wow. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So relationships, you never yeah. know. You know, and, yeah. um, a pin in that relationships. Yeah. Um, I had asked you about the effect on your friends and family. Mm-hmm. I know that when my situation changed for the better and for the worse, I, I lost friends telling them I was going to be a police officer. I gained a whole lot of friends when I started making all that money. Mm. I lost those friends again when <laughs> I wound up in most level marketing. And yeah. now y'all want to be a part. Okay, well, that's where Get Your Own Damn Fish came from. It's like, okay, well, y'all ain't got to borrow from me. We can all make money together. Well, tell us how and when you get there. I says, you know what? From now on, get your own damn fish. I ain't you know, no more mm. my fish. That's where that title. <laughs> that nice. is where the title of my book came from over it. a decade ago. Um Mm. But <sighs> relationships, just, just those relationships, you know, with people coming back so many years later. Mm-hmm. Um, after my husband passed, I truly expected because of where I felt like I was in my family, you know, being, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ingrained in my family. I, I thought I was going to have a circle around me and they were going to hold me up on both arms and. After the funeral, not a phone call. My phone didn't what? ring. Nope. Uh, oh. I had my elder aunts like, well, you shouldn't be putting stuff on Facebook. Uh, you embarrassing the family. Bye. And block me. Like, why are you 76 years old? Why are you even commenting about something I say on Facebook? Wow. You know, but you didn't pick up the phone and push those buttons and yeah. call me personally. See how I'm just doing. check on me. Yeah. yeah. How you doing? Um, and things, you know, were really spiraling out. Uh, with family, those I thought yeah. would have my back. But the relationships that I continued to build 
elsewhere, you know, all about, because mm-hmm. I said, I, I don't meet strangers. I really don't. Okay. Everybody has a grading system. Everybody starts out with an A. Hey, baby, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Right. <laughs> right. Now, depending on your attitude, you might go drop down to a C whenever. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. see you when I see you. Okay. Uh-huh. Or an F. We know what F stands for. So, (laughs) so these A's, you know, I pass out. Now, how long are you going to keep it? What I did not expect was these people coming out of the woodwork saying, Nicole, what do you need? I had a woman that I barely knew. We had only met a couple times. She was Mm. married. Her husband lent her to me for, she stayed my house for a week. Wow. After my husband passed, she stayed at my house. They didn't let me out of their sight. She stayed in my house for a week. Mm. And, you know, this, you know, people that I just met, it just coming yeah. out of yeah. the woodworks. Yeah. So, um, and like I said, the, you know, the lady, the Marine. And here years later, I just talked to her a couple of days ago, when, you know, talking about the book and the podcast and all these sessions. She said, I ain't going to mention nothing about no expiration date. What expiration date? You see, wow. <laughs> you know, she was, she knew me before. She was there then. She knew me when, and she's yeah. still here. And that relationship has been absolutely uplifting, you know, and yeah. so empowering. Um, yeah. Well, you said it best. And I think it's a lot of people going through this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for whatever reason, even if the money is still the same as it always was, we, there are always going to be those family relationships and uh, people don't know the stories. Uh, that that cause certain people to be in a certain state of mind or go through what Mm -hmm. they're going through and I think what's important is to love the people who love you um it may not be uh the same bloodline all the time right you know Mm -hmm. but we we all desire that love that people that you know you want people to to think of you as somebody that they care about and to show it, not just say it, to be able to step it up and show it at times. And you want to do that to other people. And it's hard to do that when you don't feel loved. And, you know, we all, I just learned this over the last few years, again, dealing with some of the stuff with the family. Um, And I love my family, but I'm not going to uh, put them up or a person in a family who doesn't really want to be part of me I'm not going to put you up over somebody who right here in my circle who really shows me love and gratitude and, and whatnot. And so, you know, I think the word family should go beyond bloodline. It should go as deep as those who love you. And mm-hmm. part of it is not always our fault. You know, our you know, we already know some of the history of breaking these families up and, you know, all of the stuff that happened. And sometimes we don't know the history, and but that carries on from generation to generation. So be the person in your family mm-hmm. that breaks that kind of curse, you know? Start loving the people that love you. And mm-hmm. don't worry about that if they part. The last name or not, or the same blood or not. Just, mm-hmm. you know, we just got to start loving each other more. And I'd love that those people stepped up for you. Didn't even really know you, but they saw something in you that they needed to be there for you. And so- And they got a place to stay in Hawaii whenever they want to fly. That's it, see? (laughs) You got a place to be, you know. As a matter of fact, uh, shameless plug, I'm a 50-year-old birthday bash the entire month of December. Pick a time, you're invited. Okay. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Back to here. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I was just talking with a friend of mine about love versus loyalty. I I prefer Mm. loyalty over love every day because anybody can drop those four letters. But are you going to be there? Even to even to tell me that I'm sorry, I wish I could, but I can't. That's loyalty. You know, that is loyalty. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I I I, I found out, I found out the absolutely the absolutely hard way something that I've really always known, but it hit me in the forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say you can't pick your family. Blood only makes you related. That's right. That's Loyalty right. makes you family. That's right. That's you know. Right. And um, I, I'm not going to stand by somebody just because we got the same blood running through our veins. If you wrong, you wrong. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you treated me like crap or shown that you have no you know, gratitude or appreciation for me being around or involved with you, then okay. I mean, you know, I'll wait on you, but I'm not going <laughs> to. You know what I mean? I, I got to keep moving. I ain't and, dragging yeah. nobody kicking and screaming to success either. Either. That part. That you know, part. That part. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I, I know we're dropping a whole uh, lot of cliches and taglines, but the the uh, it couldn't be truer. Um, and when people show you who they are, believe them. Yeah. And and respond accordingly, because mm. you know, even though there were there are people in my life, you know. Like I said a million times, I'll be fifty this year. I like it. It's um, a blessing. It's, it's and I'm and plus I'm still sexy. So there you go. See, <laughs> yeah, I, I went to the store yesterday. I had on a bra top and some shorts, and I had the ID for some tobacco products. And I'm like, she's like, what year? I said, this is what fifty supposed to look nah. like. Okay, <laughs> like the crack. It is. And beige don't age, baby. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> I had to come up with something because uh, this ain't black. This this is the face of a half black, not black person. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I said, uh, you know, when people show you who they are, believe them. And I, I went through these horrible situations uh, with my blood relatives at a time when I absolutely, truly needed them and they weren't there. And so... Um, that was all I need. Now I'm I'm fresh out of husbands, so it's not as if, well, when he die again, we'll be there then. No, um, and because they have absolutely, these people have absolutely shown me who they are. Uh, why, you know, I, I I have to sever that tie is the healthiest role for me. You see what I'm saying? For me to try to, you know, but and 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 not remember the way they made me feel nobody uh nobody will care about how much you know but they and they will remember how much you tell them but they will remember how you made them feel and uh you know the feeling that i got from these people says that they're not the best for my life so you know they may have been with me up until now but they may not be everybody's not gonna be with you where you, when right. you get to where you're going, where you're going. And so, but you got to be willing to sever ties sometimes when you're trying to, you know, make that move. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Yep. Um, yeah. So, man, we, we, <laughs> we're, we've been going for two, and I, we can keep, we can keep going. We have so, um, so many areas that we can continue to touch on mm-hmm. uh, because you have so many levels of expertise. Um, for our listeners, if you have a class or a training or something that you uh, would love um, Victor to speak at, you can also book a speaking engagement and go on his website, send him an email at mm-hmm. nicodonprojects.com. That's right. Um, and, and getting credit counseling and getting advice. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't say, listen, brother, so 
the marriage thing. I know you don't do this professionally, but can <laughs> I just need, I just need advice from somebody I know oh. that mm-hmm. might be, you know. Mm-hmm. So yes, reach out to uh, Victor, mm-hmm. and you can actually send him a quick email at Victor at Nicodon Projects. Dot com. Yep, and I spell N I C O D O N P R O J E C T S. Nico Don Projects. Where or did that? Victorvjohnson.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, Victor, say it again. Victorvjohnson.com. It'll send you to that same website as well. Phenomenal. Where are now? Um, I know with your middle name, where the, where Nico came from, where did Don come from? So uh, I traveled in 1990. I was part of this exchange program uh, where. A, a guy sent three students from Jamaica to Oakland and then sent me and two other guys to Jamaica for the summer of 1990. And at that time I was 16 and I was, uh, everybody called me Nico because my dad's name is Victor. So okay. people would just started calling me Nico or Vinico. And so when you go to Jamaica, when you're a real cool guy, they call you a Don. So uh, at 16, and I'm walking up down the street and we met some guys and, you know, cool with them. And it's like, oh, man, what's your name, man? I said, Nico. He's like, oh, Nico the Don, Nico Don, right? And so in 1995, well, so that was 1990. I moved to Atlanta in 1991. And I met some guys from New York who were very familiar with the Jamaican culture. And so right. that name carried on with them, Nico Don, Nico Don. Mm-hmm. And in 1995, I started my first company and it was called Nico Don Projects. Okay. And at that time, I was throwing talent shows in Atlanta. So I'm 21 years old throwing talent shows, open mics. I didn't have no money. So I would just say, hey, I'm going to do a, a talent contest this Friday. You pay $5 to get in and the winner will get, uh, no, I think it was $10 to get in and the winner gets 100 bucks. So I was able to get like 50 people to come. And that turned it. That was my entrepreneurial thing. So that was Nico Don Projects. Started the company. It failed miserably because I didn't understand how to run a business at 20, 19 years old or whatever. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. But it was a learning. It was a learning. Yeah. It was a learning situation. Right. So I reinvented the company name in 2018 when I wrote the book and was starting to publish the book, knowing that there would be speaking opportunities and whatnot. And I wanted to have a business entity to collect my checks through. So I said, hey, I would love to use that name again. Nico Don Projects. And mm-hmm. so uh, I'm in my third year second time around with this company this time it's actually profitable though so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that part glory to god yes yes that part. <laughs> uh, I, I, absolutely beautiful so um i, I want to give our listeners three quick three quick credit tips you know yes. to help them this, this is uh, this is tax time um yeah. did they move tax day to may 15th it's may 15th I, yes that's the deadline now why? I mean, because I know I done my taxes, but I looked on the website and said May 15th. Oh, okay. Yeah. My grandmother's birthday was April 15th. So that was, she was always a tax day baby. What happened mm. to Medea's birthday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, would, you, would you give folks three quick tips yeah. about credit, credit repair? And if they want more, they're going to mm-hmm. have to come see you. They can uh, reach out to me. Projects. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the number one thing I like to share with people, especially people that haven't really been paying attention to their credit is, Credit karma is cool, but 90% of the lenders out there that are going to uh, loan you money for a house, a car, a credit card, a business loan mm-hmm. are going to pull your FICO scores. That's mm-hmm. the Fair Isaacs company. And uh, FICO has multiple scores. But if you're trying to figure out what's the most accurate data to look at this, you know, that's going to be evaluated by the largest amount of lenders, 
pull your FICO score and you can okay. just go to myfico, uh, F-I-C-O.com and pull your credit report. They do charge you for that score, but it gives you the details. And with FICO, there's multiple scores. There's a mortgage score, a credit card score, an auto score. So that's first tip. Pull your credit mm-hmm. report. Know where you are. What is the what's the damage? Right. Well, you know, because that's part of the the, the healing is you got to know what's what's hurt. All right. And you can't sit. You can't heal in the same place you got sick. So um, you got to see where, where the problems are. Second thing I would say is if you want to make the fastest impact on your credit score, you really want to see some quick movement. I'm talking about less than 30 days. Then if you have credit card balances, pay those credit card balances down. Um, they are, they make up about, they make up 30%, uh, 35% of your, 35% of your FICO score is payment history. So when start making payments on time, obviously do some auto payments. If you have to set up auto drafts, I highly recommend that. Even if it's for the minimum amount, um, set up auto drafts. One late payment can take you back, you know, 70 points, uh, especially if you've had a score that's already at 700 and that one late payment will bring you down to 600. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, if you're trying to buy a home or get business loans, they don't want to see anything late in the last 12 to 24 months. Mm-hmm. So make your payments on time, get into a habit of doing that. And then the big thing, again, is to pay down those credit card balances. If you're over 50 percent, it's negatively impacting your score. So when I say 50%, if you have a credit limit of $1,000 and you charge 500, you just charge 50% of that available credit and your score was negatively impacted. They tell you online, if you pay it down under 30%, then you won't hurt your score. And that is correct, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to boost your score either. Mm -hmm. So you want to boost your score, get it down under 10% or really 15%. And the biggest tip that I'm going to give folks that I see uh, uh, all, just probably 90% of my clients think this is what they should do. They will have one credit card that doesn't have anything on it. And they'll use that one to pay off all the other credit cards. And so all you've done is shifted the weight from one card to another card. And it might be a lower interest rate. So you did win in that regard. But from the credit scoring algorithm, they're looking at all of your credit balances across all of your scores. And if you're just moving it from one to the next, you haven't shifted, you haven't lowered the amount of usage. So mm-hmm. I would say if you can try not to charge more than 30% on any credit card at any time mm-hmm. and definitely get it back down to under 10%. And then here's a bonus tip. Bonus tip. (laughs) Do not pay those credit card balances down to zero because the algorithm may actually see that as inactive and you won't get as much credit for your on-time payments and all those on-time payments you've had in the past. Mm -hmm. So I always encourage my clients keep like a dollar or two on the credit card so that they don't inactivate it. And that way you don't lose those points because I've had people pay down 30, uh, 12, $18,000 $18,000 on a credit card to zero and their score actually didn't move at all. I'm like, hold up, what happened? But when they charge a cup of coffee on it, they score just dropped by 15, 20 points. Wow. It's an it, algorithm. It's a, it's a rat trap. If you don't know how to navigate it, you will wind up with cheese in your mouth and snap on your neck. <laughs> That's it. It's a rat trap. <laughs> That's it. So, yes. I would encourage people, please reach out to me if you need more personalized coaching. Uh, I'm not the guy that's going to be sending your letters out, dispute letters and all that stuff. I'm a true certified credit coach. So what I'm going to do is take your FICO score, 
create an action plan for you and outline the steps that you need to take, just like some of those things I just said, but it's going to be very specific to you. Mm -hmm. And then we include a couple consultation calls there where I walk you through exactly what your steps should be and accountability. I'm going to reach out to you, going to be checking your scores every couple of weeks to make sure that you're following those steps and send you on your way. But yes, need some help. VictorVJohnson.com might be easier or just Nico Don Projects. And and people, I said, when you read his book, if you, you know, just Google some stuff and his name pops up and watch a couple of videos, you can you can see the passion um, on your videos. You can hear and feel the passion um, for what you're doing in the words in your book. Um, and obviously through this conversation, it, it feels like we've been talking about 20 minutes and it's over two hours you know? and because, <laughs> yes. you, you know, like I said, it's real topics, real experiences, mm-hmm. real resources. And there is uh, absolutely 100 percent real coming from, you know, Victor Johnson you know, about helping to pay this information forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so by, by all means, you know, download his book. Go ahead and download the free part. Download the free yeah. part. If go you need, you know, go ahead and download, <clears throat> download the free part. Go ahead and do that. Cause you gonna get to where I got to last night. You went, <laughs> oh my God, uh-uh, 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 I gotta keep going. And you can go ahead and spend your little few dollars and it, you're going to go ahead and invest less than $10 in yourself. For this information that that and people when you say invest in yourself you think about that you know what i'm saying it's just ten dollars that could yeah. change and shift your whole make so quick question okay so scenario uh-huh. let's say i have fifteen thousand dollars worth of debt and people are getting these ppp checks and i know a lot of us like i'm gonna pay this stuff off and be done with it okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is better um, to, to say I got $15,000 worth of debt and I get a $20,000 check. Pay off that debt right, call them, you know, pay off that debt right quick and then start over. Or, um, I, what, I was uh, like, set up a debt. Well, I had wrote this out the other day. Okay, mm-hmm. like, so let's say if I, if I put like, maybe 5000 of it into an account mm-hmm. and I set up a debt repayment program. And, you know, just I got monthly money going in that, but that's my mm-hmm. that's my blanket. OK, um, I have heard that getting a secure card is the same as getting a uh, it looks the same on the other end as getting a credit card. So if I took that other 15 grand and got a secure card where I did your method where, you know, charge, maybe pay your bills and then pay it down under 10 percent. Mm-hmm. Which one is better, paying everything off with the lump sum cash or going through that process of the monthly payments and the, the secure card? So that's a great question. And I think it's going to be more specific to what do you need your credit for? Are you looking to buy a house? Are you just wanting to get your score better so that, you know, if you did need to do something at some point, um, then you will have that score there. So what I would probably do is I wouldn't I would use my PPP money to grow my business and I would probably take a portion of it because part of that is to pay you as if you're an employee of your company as the owner, obviously. Right. So you can use that for money to pay yourself. Um, I would take a portion of it, especially if my credit card balances were out of whack. I would get them just back down to, you know, like I said, under probably 15 percent. I wouldn't zero out all of my debt. I mm-hmm. would not do that. 
if I had something that's been hanging over my head, like an eviction or a repo, and oh, yeah. you know that it's legit, I would negotiate that settlement and get that out of my out of my uh, credit report because mm. that I would take care of the biggest problem. Put it okay. that way. But I wouldn't probably use that money to take care of everything because then, okay, so you got good credit, but now you don't have any money. Um, you know what I mean? And you haven't right. really grown your business and they gave it to you because you had an LLC or you had some kind of business entity. So you got to grow your business. Um, I am a believer in ownership mm -hmm. tremendously. And so I think that we have to continue to grow our businesses because if you do that, you can also start building your business credit. And mm. then that 20000 will pale in comparison to the 150000 that you can get next year. Say that. Business credit score <laughs> jumped up to a 95 uh, paydex score. And so mm. that's what I would do again without knowing all the specifics right. and particular numbers. But I would probably take a portion of that, take care of the biggest headache that's been or the thorn that's been in my side, and then use the rest of it to continue to grow my business and be intelligent with it if it's marketing or you know do something mm -hmm. that that money is going to turn into three times of what mm -hmm. you put into it uh, that's what i would do because to increase your cash flow is the biggest thing that you want because if you increase your cash flow then you can keep paying down some of those debts right. over the coming months and build that score back up as well well speaking of cash flow when y'all come out here don't forget the game okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes um one thing that i did uh, when I structured, restructured my budget and to my financial freedom plan, um, I did remember to pay myself first. Yep. And, you know, yep. so that money goes into my savings. Yep. And then, you know, all the bills come out, the living expenses come out. But my budget that I have to work with through the rest of the month, that's just mine, I put it on Cash App. Mm -hmm. I put it on my Cash App card. So okay. I, you know, so I, I have, this is, this is all, this is my allowance for the month. This is all mm -hmm. I got. Mm -hmm. And so when this is gone, I got to wait until my next paycheck. Like that. So yeah. that has been helping me tremendously because I said my, my anxieties are so horrible. And, and even still to this day, you know, I, yeah. I just called one company like two days ago to set up some, and I had wrote it out the night before that writing down is so important and wrote it out mm -hmm. how much I'm going to pay and blah, blah, blah. And all I had to do was make that phone call in the morning. By me being so, like, you know, I'm in Hawaii, sta uh, Hawaiian Aleutian Standard Time. So I'm mm. three hours even behind California. Wow. So I can start, you know, and if on the East Coast, I'm six hours behind Ohio. So I can start making business calls at four in the morning, three in the yeah, morning. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that phone was still a big hairy gorilla when I, you know, mm. the next day. And it's still, my hand still shook. Wow. Just 48 hours ago in making that phone call. But just like you, I was so relieved once I did it. Yeah. And I looked at my budget again and went, okay. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, my, my money is now working for me. With, um, I, I ain't got to worry about it no more. So it, it is, you know, it takes such a relief off your head. And then having that cash app card um, is not only a way to, to keep that budget, but it's also another layer of protection between mm -hmm. you and the credit scammers and the credit card scammers. Right, you lose yeah. that card right on your phone, cancel, send another. You know, so if you're all, I, I, had, uh, I had some fraud reported on my bank card back in February, so I had to cancel my card. I was 
I hadn't, I hadn't transferred money over to my cash app. I was flat broke for 15 days. I started calling my people like, y'all got to cash out me 20 bucks, 30 bucks, mm-hmm. 50 bucks for gas. I couldn't. All my accounts were on lock. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when I had them send me another card, I'm like, you know what? I am just going to put my bank card in the safe <laughs> and guard it with my life. And yeah. I and just put money on my ca- and only swipe my cash app card. So that is all that is is out mm. there on the net. So that's mm-hmm. that's my little public service announcement. God, there you go. There you go. Well, you know, <laughs> folks just got to remember why they're doing it, you know, because it's going to get hard. Um you know, make those phone calls or, or confront it, do what you got to do. But it's definitely a gratifying feeling when you don't have that that albatross of debt on your neck and you can maneuver. And I always tell people it's a whole nother life over that 700 credit score. It's just an entirely different. I remember. Life. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> a whole nother I, life. I remember the stuff costs so much more when you ain't got no money. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're I'm I'm just. We're gonna go ahead and wrap it. I was like, we can go yep. for another. We, we're, um, you're a phenomenal um, trainer and speaker, and what you're doing. I, I'm so honored. And I appreciate you coming Thank on the you. show. Um, invite. Absolutely. So, just you know, some caveat questions that I ask everybody because it's super fun. Mm-hmm. If you could think of any other profession, if you could do any other profession, no matter what it is, what do you think would be fun to do? Wow. So I thought about this. Up until probably March of 2020, I always wanted to be an airline pilot. Really? You <laughs> yeah. got the, you got the headset? Yeah, I got the headset, uh, air traffic control. But um, yeah, I would love to uh, to I would love to be a pilot just because I love traveling. I love mm-hmm. to um, nature and like looking over at the world and kind of looking down stuff like that. I guess today though, honestly, I would probably be doing what I'm doing now, which is helping a massive amount of people like to overcome those financial challenges and really to build a legacy. You know, I love helping people get involved with real estate investing. I was just, I'm just a normal guy. I, I don't have a college degree. I know I, I didn't finish GED college. here. Yeah. I got a JED. <laughs> so, and if so you know what a JED is, you probably got one too. <laughs> That's right. You probably do. And you know, again, I just been an avid reader. And so I just, I, I want people to know that it doesn't matter where you're at. doesn't matter. you uh, educational status and all that kind of male, female, gay, straight, doesn't matter about any of that. You just got to get focused on what you really want out of life and start thinking about it and visualizing it. Visualization is important. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and think about what you're going to be dressed like, you know, when that successful moment happened, whatever you're trying to get, what is the scent in the room? And so I would have been doing this right out of high school if I had the opportunity to do it. Now, of course, I wasn't nearly as intelligent as I am today, but <laughs> that's Who what is? I would have been doing. Who right? Was? Exactly. But, <laughs> but just know, some kind of coaching or mentoring. I just love helping people and inspiring people. And so it, it, it doesn't matter which way you go, you're going to come back to being a servant anyway. That's you know, right. that's, that's just who you are. And likewise, yeah. as I'm still doing the same thing I've been doing for the last 30 years. I just don't mm. care in that millimeter anymore. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. And you said something that, um, that hit, you know, as far as, you know, try, being who you want and looking how you want. In your book, you talked about mm-hmm. uh, dressing for a job upstairs that you wasn't even qualified for and didn't even nobody even know your name. You said, you know what? I'm going to act as if. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dress how I want to dress. 
Um, and this is another mindset that people really need to shift. I had a situation a couple years ago where I was helping my sister right after my husband passed. Uh, my retail therapy starts at Home Depot. Mm, nice. Yeah. And yep. uh, so I, I moved in with my sister. Her whole house was off-white, like almond, like the Cleveland <laughs> Housing Network uh, yeah. subsidized housing uh, off-white. It was depressing. I'm like, can I help you paint? <laughs> so, because this is depressing. I'm depressed enough. I let her pick out the paints and everything, and I spent the next five weeks and about $2,000 of my own money painting walls. Then uh, I, wow. I wound up pulling off her cabinet doors in her kitchen cabinets okay. because it was too impossible to clean while they were up as grease. So I had to pull all that off, pull all the hardware off, and sand, sand, um, stain, polyurethane all by hand. Oh, wow. I was I was mad. Yeah, my husband. Uh, yeah, I was uh, mad. No, yeah, back yeah, messed you up. That. The whole, yeah. Back messed up. Needed hurting the whole thing. I ain't feel none of it. And and then and I put doorknobs on all twenty eight of her <laughs> kitchen and bathroom cabinets throughout the house. Now keep y'all nasty behind hands off the door. So right there you yeah. go. Right. Mm. So um, her man at the time. Not even gonna get into it. Was like, mm -hmm. why are you doing all of this? She don't own the house. So that she will be more inspired to buy the house. It's your home. She's been here 11 years. It's yours. It's hers. All she got to do is. So this is an incentive. You're acting as if. Yes. And so, yes. so from where you live to how you dress, mm -hmm. you know, act and, and dress for the part and paint for the home. And my house is, is all my colors. Uh, mm -hmm. Right now, I'm renting my landlord. You just got to paint it back white. I ain't going nowhere. I'm buying this house. <laughs> there you go. But it's my. It was mine the day I moved in. Period. Mm -hmm. You yep. know. So yeah. you you really got to have that that yeah, absolute yeah. act mindset. as if exactly act as if. Mm -hmm. um, if you could sit on a park bench for an hour and talk to anyone, past or present, who would it be and why? It's two people, several people, but two I, I thought about for this. Um, weirdly enough. <laughs> Chris Rock would be somebody that I would love to meet, sit on a bench and talk to. Um, we're the same kind of age group. He might be a year or two older, somewhere in between us. Right. And um, I just have been enamored with his career, his growth from Pookie all the way up through who he is today. And to Tambourine, I, from Pookie yeah, to Tambourine. Exactly. exactly. You know what I'm saying? And how he's able to um, just communicate freely. He says what he wants. Does what he wants him. Dave Chappelle will be another one. I like those guys. And DL Hughes. I like comedians. I like black comedians in my age. I met DL. I did meet DL. Really? He don't remember me, I'm sure. But I did meet DL. Got a me picture. My wife did. We got a picture, too. At the, uh, yes. So, anyway. yeah, we Things comedy. Long way back. But non-comedian that I would want to <laughs> sit down with from the past. I would want to sit down with Malcolm X. Uh, I would want to sit down with him probably in that last month or two before he got slain. Um, he was in a transformation in his own life 39 years old at the time and just he had traveled the world he's seen some things and but i just would love to sit and talk to him i read his autobiography uh of course alex Haley wrote that mm -hmm. and that book when i read it at 14 uh it made me uh, become a reader like mm -hmm. i just wanted to hear more stories about people and so he would be somebody i would love to talk to um not just from obviously 
his his being known as a black militant, I don't see him as that at all. I saw yeah. him as a dude who wanted to free his people, and I would just love to talk to him. So those would be some people that I would want to talk to. That's phenomenal. Um, and uh, one last question, and we're going to go ahead and wrap it up because mm-hmm. you are you're phenomenal. They want more, they're going to have to go to Nico Down Project style. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Just give us a glimpse of your morning or daily routine. So if folks don't think that you are just up at 4 o'clock and grinding all day and then day to day. So what's a glimpse uh, of your daily routine? So I worked very hard in my life so that I could make my own schedule. And so fortunately today I make my own schedule. Uh, and so, but I'm still a morning person and my mm-hmm. wife, sometimes <laughs> she's become a morning person, but she's like, man, this dude don't ever stop. Oh, uh, my husband. Uh, <sighs> so nowadays I get up at probably closer to seven thirty, eight o'clock. Um, I'll drink some water, kiss my wife, drink some water. And then I do some stretching. Um, I, I get to the gym three days, maybe four days out the week. If I'm not at the gym, I got a little small little set of stuff that I kind of do. I just do something physical with my body just to get the blood flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always eat breakfast. I'm a very big on breakfast. Um, I'm a small guy. I'm 150 pounds, whatever, but I love to eat big breakfasts. <laughs> the smallest uh, one do. <laughs> yes. And um, pretty much for my business, I'll get into whatever I've scoped out for the day. That could be phone calls, follow up with some people or some active clients that I'm working with. Um, check on my team members. I got three people that are uh, independent contractors that do stuff for me. So everybody's got some little projects or tasks. So we follow up with each other that way. And then pretty much I'm checking in with my wife to see how I can support her. Um, she's a realtor here in the Dallas area, Latasha Johnson. Mm-hmm. So if I'm technically I'm her operations manager. So I try to look in and see if there's any uh, gaps in the business that I can help her with to make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, on top of stuff with our clients. And by the way, I will put a pin in that and say that she became a real estate agent because you guys were invested in real estate. And you know what I'm saying? So, so to take advantage, these are all different avenues so, mm-hmm. of support and, and income and, you know, support each other in the business. Okay. So another yeah. gold star for Latasha. I can't wait to meet her. Oh, yeah. I don't even awesome. know her. We already besties. She's awesome. I'm telling you. Yes. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me the proof is in the pudding. I, I got to believe you. I can uh-huh. see for myself. Yes. You're biased. Your opinion is biased anyway. It is. It is. It is. It is. Better say something nice. You got to sleep. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, and, and you know what? We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But I will definitely say that there was still so much that we didn't even get to touch on. Um, you made statements um, about what your mama said, you know, and how she told you to uh, handle money. And mm-hmm. I wrote a statement about what my mama said that that you know continue my life. It's, my mama used to tell me, "Look it up. What the teacher say? Just look it up." That set me for life. Wow. Fine. It, you know, don't. Look it up. You know, that yeah. set me for life. And you can, y'all can find out what we're talking about in the book. Um, there is mm-hmm. also a statement where you say, make it happen, Captain. So um, <laughs> do you want to be? Oh, I got it. I have to. I absolutely have to make the same because I love numbers. I'm a numbers person. And you did a, a quick equation in there mm-hmm. very early in the book. Um, but it's after page 11. Ha! So you got about a book. <laughs> uh, it says... Do you want to be a millionaire? And you broke it down to the fact that there are like 1.1 more millionaires in 2017. And there's over 15 million millionaires 
in the United States, mm -hmm. that is one in every 20 people. One out of 20 people mm -hmm. has the potential to be a millionaire. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, yeah. if you feel like that's you, then you need to get around 19 other people that's going to help support that. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, make it happen, Captain. Yeah, and this is the time in life where you can do it. You just got to, again, see where it is that you want to go with yourself mm -hmm. and put a plan together. And I'm telling you, it just it's like the road just start opening up to allow you to achieve that thing. It's just mm -hmm. got to stay, stay the course. It is your belief because I don't talk about, oh, I ain't no money. More millionaires were made during times of depression throughout yep. history yep. than any other time of plenty. Absolutely. And so um, I, I normally end uh, my show <laughs> with my um, affirmation, which is every day in every way I'm getting better and better. But last night, I read an affirmation in their book that says, uh, it takes everything a step forth, further. I am successful at everything I do. I am a success. At, I am a healthy, healthy is first, healthy, happy, wealthy, and giving millionaire entrepreneur. I absolutely love it. And I'll be honest with you, it's, my screen is not locked, but that same statement is like five times on my screensaver when it's locked. On your so. screensaver, it's on his laptop screensaver, it's on his <laughs> mirror, it's on his refrigerator. He puts it everywhere, so everywhere he looks up, it's in his face. I did not make this stuff up, people. So those of my listeners who have been through my book and, and, and upset with me through life coaching and stuff like that and heard me say this stuff, I did not make this stuff up. And Victor and I did not come together to tell y'all these lies. It nope. is absolutely imperative. So, yes, uh, take advice from people that are living the life that you aspire to live. And Victor Johnson says, write it down visualize it and make your affirmations daily to help change your mindset it is it is as simple as getting it out of your head because the thought don't matter you can't say it to yourself you right. verbally have to say it out of your mouth gate so that it can enter into your ear gate and you actually listen with a different part of your brain than mm -hmm. you think with so it is if you have to get in a closet in your car and you talked about that find a quiet spell whatever you have to do to find a space to yourself to to have this affirmation and moment with yourself to find your peace so um I, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and get on out of here i i am so thankful and grateful to you i'm going to be calling you afterwards to set an appointment about you know my financial <laughs> health and all care. good all good yep. absolutely and um you know I, I'm looking forward to more collabs. Would love to have your, uh, would love to cross promote between Follow Black Dollars and NicoDiamondProjects.com yeah. and have you yeah. on our site and so forth. So we're going to yes. get more into that. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Come back next week. We're going to continue our series on um, financial education and, you know, empowering and education with financial, um, different financial tips. Uh, we'll be talking uh, soon with someone that invests in cryptocurrency and can explain about this Bitcoin. We just had a gentleman on insurance. So we're going to make sure that you guys get girded up and prepared to create your new life and, you know, make a better you for your financial future. So thank you so much, Victor, for coming out. 
God bless you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nicole. Followblackdollars.org. Absolutely. You can text FBD to 63975. Stay updates and new shows. <laughs> and we are out of here. Peace and love.